You take an ancient dinosaur gut and some toxic waste. You get a monster who stomps around and tries to eat your face. You take some kaiju media, some assholes and a mic. You get a podcast that'll make you rethink your whole life. So come watch Godzilla with Podzilla, king of the casters with NBN Brandon and Jasper, who's a dog. Welcome to Podzilla, king of the casters. I'm your host, NB Nightingale. And I'm your other host, Brandon. Producer Jasper's been slobbering over my skirt all day. I've been making sure to get as little slobber on it as possible. Mm-hmm. But he's, it's not a zero amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he's a slobbery dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bran. Mm-hmm. How much am I allowed to talk about Doug Walker on this episode about... House of the Dragons, the newest show in in the uh, Song of Ice and Fire universe, the fictional universe you hold most dear in the world. Exactly what percentage of Doug Walker talk am I allowed to bring into this? Well, you, you see here, if we had to evaluate what I value in media, if there's a big pie chart, visualize in your mind, folks, big pie chart, okay? Uh, let's say, like, half of it is blue... Half of it is pink. Okay? Half blue, half pink. Pretty much 50-50. And there, you know there's a little like color description of what it is? The blue one would be A Song of Ice and Fire. And the pink one would be Channel Awesome Lore, baby! <laughs> and Doug Walker could, to the rescue! Could you imagine if it's like, yeah, I just finished my uh, To Boldly Free, Flee uh, rewatch. <laughs> Very new details obtained well, I bring for the this, second watch. Yeah, I bring this up for two reasons. Uh-huh. First, I'll go by briefly, because it's not what this episode's about, but I would just like to say, I texted you the other day <laughs> that... I finally watched the movie Moulin Rouge, which I've been putting off for a long time because I thought it'd be kind of obnoxious. I was wrong. It's a really great movie. (laughs) But you know who made me think it would be an obnoxious (laughs) film? Where the seed was born in my high school brain. Mr. Crick. (laughs) Doug Walker's review of Moulin Rouge. (laughs) It poisoned your mind. <laughs> it did. And yeah, yeah, Doug, I guess if you take a wacky movie and take clips from it out of context and act like it's supposed to be a serious movie, I guess it will look bad. I guess if, you know, you know, Doug, if you told me The Three Stooges was supposed to be a drama about the tragedy of the working class and you showed them going, yuck, 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 and poking people in the eyes, it would look stupid, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> but that besides the point. Uh-huh. <laughs> I also posed a moral quandary to Brandon before the episode began that he told me to wait till that he'd answer on episode. And it is if you could get a more book accurate adaptation of Game of Thrones out there, but it was entirely done by the Channel Awesome demo reel crew as a clipless review. Would he take it? <laughs> and Bran, what is that answer? It's a long wait. I think he's queuing up a, a sound cue to be 
to be funny about it. It's uh, in this remake, this reimagining of A Song of Ice and Fire, but instead it is entirely uh, nostalgia critic skits. <laughs> Rob Walker appears on the screen. He has one eye patch over one eye in the caves under, under the Riverlands. Can I dwell on what I scarce remember? I held a castle on the marches once, and there was a woman I was pledged to marry. But I cannot find that castle today, nor tell you the color of that woman's hair. Who knighted me, old friend? What were my favorite foods? It all fades. Sometimes I think I was born on the bloody grass in that grove of ash with the taste of fire in my mouth and a hole in my chest. Are you my mother, Linkara? <laughs> yeah, that'd be fucking wild. That would be um, yeah. quite a quite an experience. Imagine 12 See. seasons of that. Uh, Our, 10 hour-long episodes for 12 seasons. Good. You know, the... God, yeah. It... <laughs> All right, so... Quick turnaround. Imagine we... every week an episode. Pretty wild. <laughs> pretty, pretty consistent. So, hi, folks. So, we're talking about House of the Dragon. <laughs> no, Stannis the... releases a not-so-awesome document <laughs> about the Lannisters. <laughs> More like Lannis-dums, am I right? Yeah. I would like to say that one time Robert Baratheon got so drunk that he smacked his belly until it turned pink. <laughs> I would just like to point out, of all the monologues you could have picked from the book, you chose one from Beric Dondarrion. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> all right, fair. But the um, so we're talking about House of the Dragon. Um, we're this first half. This is gonna be one big episode. The first half of this will be us talking about episodes one and two. The second half, and then we're gonna take a little break, and then second half will be episodes three through four. So I wanted to bring up that, um, I guess I want to start out with, like, our, um, history with this series before we get to this point, because it is, a uh, our first foray into this kind of, <laughs> this series. Yeah. Yeah, so here's the funny thing. The funny thing is, I had to sell Brandon on getting into the show Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. I'd read all of the books available when I was in, like, eighth grade and the freshman year of high school mm -hmm. i got really into the show and then i like badgered brandon until he started watching it yeah i started i remember the only thing i remember was freshman year when you were like quote the farther north it is the more magic and weird it gets yeah I uh, my brain that. was <laughs> my brain was fucking ruined by these books our, our <laughs> science teacher i have a vivid memory if she came into class with like trout earrings one day oh, all no. I could think was Tully, 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 Tully <laughs> that's how poisoned my brain was and I, I was cured eventually but your brain is still so poisoned <laughs> well my thing was the whole opposite I watched the um, I watched the show, the Game of Thrones show in like later high school and I got, I think I I caught up around season six, like when season six was starting. Yeah. And that's really funny because that was the last, like, pretty good season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, more towards the end. The middle part is kind of messy, but um, 
Uh, but full spoilers for Game of Thrones. Um, not for House of the Dragon up until that point. I have read that book, but um, up until full spoilers for the, the original Game of Thrones show uh, and the books sometimes. Oh, do we want to do a Barrett cover your ears at the end of this so you can talk that stuff? No, nah, because the stuff isn't even. Let me yeah. try to remember. No, because remember I didn't, if I remember for Attack on Titan, I didn't even talk about Matt. I never talked about the manga. Okay, fair. Because in this case, we're only, like, episode, at the time of recording, episode 8 isn't even out yet. Yeah. And I don't want to, like, give it away for the book yeah. stuff yeah. at this point. But, um... Okay. I don't think there's that, there's not nearly as much as, like, Attack on Titan. Because, okay. you know, that's, like, four seasons. Yeah. But, um... We'll do a Brian because I watched the show around season six is when... I started doing it real time. The end of the the end of season six is fucking great. Yeah. Blowing up of the Sept of Baylor, mm-hmm. all this fucking crazy shit. Uh, like great fucking season six. Season seven uh, starting to <laughs> starting to be a little. Sansa, I love. The fucking uh, Gendry fucking sprinting thirty miles an hour, however far he got to get down there. Um, all this stuff, uh, drag, how the fuck were the White Walkers gonna make it through the wall if they didn't have the dragon? <laughs> all this shit. But, like, at the- Fucking, after, like, three episodes abandoning the Jon Snow also wants to be king plotline. Just gone. Poof. Gone. Yeah. And it's like, that was season seven, and I think the vibe was like, okay, there's some weaknesses here, but okay, you know, we can wrap things up Okay. But, like, I think common consensus was season 7 was fine at the time. It was like, okay, there's some problems, but okay. Next yeah. season. I don't remember it being, like, a, a negative reaction to season 7. Yeah, and then season 8 happened, and it, uh, specifically episode 4. 4? The Long Night? I think that was 4. Yeah. Around uh, there. 3? One of the, whatever. It's 3. Okay. It's... Because first one set up, then A Night for the Seven Realms is the second episode, and that's like just everyone be- right before, before the fight. on the night before, yeah, and then yeah, and then the third is the long night, and that was the one <laughs> where after that the reaction was like, ooh, <laughs> and then like the rest of the season kind of just carried that momentum, yeah, like and just that stuff, and I think. I think it's important to talk about before starting talking about House of the Dragon because this is the vibe going into the show. Is mm-hmm. that, like, this used to be a very great thing, but then the show kind of got, well, <laughs> by the end. Yeah. I think there's various reasons why. I think that D&D, because, you know, it's on the writing at that point. Everything yeah. else, the, the designs, the VFX work, everything was great. Yeah, I loved, I really loved just the incorporation of Starbucks into the uh, universe. (laughs) That's something we'd never seen before. Something we had never seen before. But, like, with all that in mind, it's like, the the key weakness of that last season was that they ran out of source material. It's widely known. The last two books of the series are not out. They ran out of source material, but Wait, they... you're telling me the Winds of Winter isn't out yet? <laughs> what? Unfortunately, yeah. So, I'm telling you, uh, cancel that thing you ordered on that weird website. <laughs> God, that... It was not $300. It was not $300. God. <laughs> it was not an early access yeah. copy. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. But the, um... But, you know, it's widely known the books are not out yet on that series. 
and the writers were not strong enough to finish to get it to the end in a good spot, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's part that's some on George that some on George R. R. Martin, the original writer of the series, the books. Some on the creators, like I don't think I fully blame the creators on that, but like bad situation. And the show ended, and it was like, I, I won't let anyone blame anything on George R. R. Martin. Actually, <laughs> the man gives the same vibes as like. He's a white Guillermo del Toro. (laughs) They both have the same exact vibe, and I don't know how to better explain it, but they do. (laughs) And I will not let slander happen to either of them. So That being said, Guillermo del Toro has, like, pumped out five fucking movies in the last, like, three years? Yeah, so much more prolific. But the whole, um... But anyways, after the show was finished... About a year later, I started reading books. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I want to, like, kind of wash my mind of the how that show ended. Yeah. And I think what the books kind of did was feeling more like, okay, the story is better. It's it's just not finished. <laughs> so I think I, that was when I really settled, like, oh, this is a great series. I'm really loving these books. And got to the end of A Dance of Dragons, and I'm like, shit. <laughs> so that's where, that's my history with the whole thing. Uh, I am rereading the books currently, and I, as I mentioned, I did read uh, the book that this show is based on called Fire and Blood. Yeah. Fire. The, this whole show is about like a hundred something pages of that book. Yeah. Fire and Blood is the whole Targaryen thing mm-hmm. up until like the end of this conflict. But um, but I have read this, so I do know where things are going, like broad strokes. So with that in mind, have you uh, read Duncan Hig? I'm I'm planning on it. Oh really? Yeah. That's always been the joke with you, is like, how desperate do you need to get before you read the tales of Duncan Egg? <laughs> I'm, I just finished The Storm of Swords, I'll probably read that before jumping into the that combined reading order for the next two. But it'll be, it'll be interesting. Tales of Duncan Egg is also uh, my nickname for the show before I came out, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dunk? <laughs> you are Dunk in this situation. Is it because I... You know, it's not Al anymore. It's, it's Dunk. dunk. <laughs> the, the leaked script. Oh, my God. All right. So, with all that preamble in mind, House of the Dragon, we're watching the show. I want to know, uh, first, Bear, what are your general thoughts about these first two episodes? I like it. I do. I, I definitely like it. I think it's... it. I am very interested. And, like, I'm not actually, like, quality-wise, I'm having a hard time assessing whether it's good or bad yet. I'm mostly interested in the ways that it has, that it's stylistically differentiating itself from... From Game of Thrones, in that, yeah. like, its editing is, I mean, it's not, like, avant-garde editing by any means, but, like, it's a lot less straightforward in the edit as Game of Thrones was. Like, Game of Thrones was very chronological, bum, 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 all the way throughout its run. Uh, I think the only flashback we ever get is a dream that Cersei has at the beginning of a season where she imagines the curse. Yeah. And, like, that's the only, like, time... W- and that's, like... I mean, we also get some of the the Weirwood stuff, but any time a scene is not happening, a scene is happening, like, chronologically, uh, you know, uh, the scenes are more or less chronological unless, like, 
you're looking at a vision of some sort, be it a dream or, like, through a weirwood magic. Mm -hmm. uh, which then, it's still straightforward storytelling, even if chronology is mm -hmm. messed up. But here, and this again, this is an established editing thing. Mm -hmm. They will, you know, cut scenes that are happening at different times together. And that feels... This, I don't know, it, this feels like a very basic thing to do, mm -hmm. but it is, because a lot of stuff does that. Like, you get the scene of her, you get the scenes intercut of her being told the secret of the Targaryens and how the long winter has always been a part, something they've known mm -hmm. about, which I'm wondering how that's going to play out, because it's like, it's not like the long winter can happen in the show. Mm-hmm. It's that's the one of the climactic things, but uh, then but yeah, that's intercut with people pledging down the road, pledging fealty to to uh, Renera, and that's as the heir, and so that's like an adding thing that you see all the time of you know not being strictly chronological with what they're showing us but that is something that stylistically game of thrones made sure to never do and that this show is indulging in and i think that's a very interesting stylistic difference in on an editing basis and this uh so i like it and but i like it and that's just the kind of stuff that i'm mostly looking at now is the ways that i like stuff that i noticed like oh Game of Thrones is making sure not to do this, that I've now noticed that, oh, House of the Dragons is very much doing this. Yeah, and I wonder how much of that is that the different vibes of, this is the start of a new show, but I think Game of Thrones was, like, kind of scared about being a fantasy series. <laughs> yeah. Instead of, like, a historical thing, mm -hmm. where they were, like, sweating their brow whenever, like, magic or anything yeah. else would come in. It's like they're, like, almost embarrassed about it. Yeah. I think the shows were much like, we have fucking dragons. Like, we can't, yeah. like, we can't just ignore that. Yeah. I think it's going into a very different vibe about it. So I think that, yeah, I, going into the first episode of this show, I was, like, <sighs> I was, like, bracing. I was, like, okay. It's probably going to be, uh, but okay, I'm a fan of the series. I'm going to find some stuff to like from it. But then after the episode, I'm like, wow, that's good. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that is a strong opening of a show. I think episode two isn't as much of that. Still good. Yeah. But like episode one, it's like, like, I think they knew they were like, okay, we need to like get people back into this. Pretty weird though that the show starts with, uh. In 1997, Daenerys Targaryen <laughs> received her received a toy on her birthday from her favorite movie. This is that movie. It was a weird choice. <laughs> oh my god! Could you fucking imagine? Yeah, that toy dragon that she had in that one shot. This is the story based off that. Like god. And let's be clear. This is not. This is not Viserys the toy. This is Viserys the real human being. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> this is not Sirax, <laughs> that's not the real dragon of the toy. It is a real it is a movie about <laughs> then the toy was made afterwards. God, that is 
fucking stupid. I hate that about Lightyear. That God, I, I have not watched Lightyear. No, I have not either. I don't know. Not heard good things. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so overall, after episode one, I was like... like he knows how to turn a body cam off. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like the kind of guy who whispers the Miranda rights. <laughs> oh, God. All right, so... Yeah, that's overall... Lightyear just, knows how to use a phone book on a witness. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> So the overall thoughts is that uh, I'm enjoying House of the Dragon a lot, and uh, I'm a huge fucking nerd about Song of Ice and Fire stuff. But what I was going to try to mention is that um, I can talk about things in the book that have happened to compare them, yeah, but not ahead of it. Okay. So I guess we'll um, I'll I'll get into what that dragon do, and then we can get into a little little plot about what's happening now, because then I can compare it with how the book did it. So. Want to start with episode one of House of the Dragon, the heirs of the dragon. Ooh, it's really funny when uh, when the episodes go live on HBO Max, like right then, yeah. they never have their names. At least for me, <laughs> it's just episode seven. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like afterwards, it pops in like the day after. Yeah, but um, in the heirs of the dragon episode, the intro starts with um, basically like. This is years before everything else, and it's a big flash, not even a flashback, I guess, but like an, an, an intro sequence of Hall. Like, t I think it's about 14, 15 years before the main show starts, and it's Hall, and it's King Jaehaerys I. So King Jaehaerys was like this long king, he ruled for like, he was called the good king, like, oh, like, you know, oh, he's the great guy ruled peacefully for this long but he was getting really old and his his basically his uh his two he had lots of kids with his wife the two sons died before he died so they're like well who's gonna be the king next right how do we do that so so the show goes into a little bit a little you know brief uh narration by Rhaenyra who I'd argue was like the main character of the show yeah, by the adult Rhaenyra, not the Rhaenyra we'll see yet. Yes. Uh, which I understand, I know, like, enough that I know that, like, a swap in actors is coming. Yeah. But, yeah, but we'll get yeah. there. But, um, basically, yeah, a narration about how King Jaehaerys was like, I don't want a war over succession when I die, so we're gonna call, quote, the, I think it's called the Great Council of, I think it was 101? Okay. The Great Council, where basically... Hey, everyone is, you know, all the lords, big lords are going to come into Heron Hall. I'm going to be here. And we're going to, like, debate and vote on who is going to be my successor. Who do you want to be? Do you want to be... And the two that it came down to was... Kendall and Shiv. Kendall and Shiv. <laughs> but Tom in an upset. <laughs> but uh, the two it came down to was uh, Viserys I, who is the grandson of Jaehaerys, or... Uh, the grandson of Jaehaerys, but it was, like, some other... It was, like, one of the younger sons. Or, uh... Rhaenys, who was the firstborn daughter of his first son. So it's like, do you go to the... You know, do you go... Oh, this is my first son. Oh, we go they, to him. they're great. She's his granddaughter? Yes. I thought she was his daughter, <clears throat> and he... I, yeah, I thought she was his daughter this whole time. Oh, no, they're cousins. 
Viserys and Rhaenys. No, I thought she was Jaehaerys' daughter. No, I think she's the granddaughter. I'm looking up for sure. I think she's the granddaughter. No, she's got white hair. She's very old. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, well, Bran is looking up the specifics. I should take the time to say that one of these, Viserys, is played by Patty Codstein, a gentleman who I enjoy as an actor. Uh, this is a buffet of, uh, of British character actors, or just character actors in general that I really like. But Patty Codstein, I am most aware of him from the show Broadchurch, which is amazing. Uh, well, the first season is. I quit after the second season, but it's... Each season's a different mystery, so, like, it doesn't matter that much. But, like, Broadchurch is a show starring David Tennant and Olivia Coleman about a... So, when a young boy... And also Jodie Whittaker, the, uh, the, the current Doctor Who, who will soon be replaced. Uh, but, yeah, so... And it like a young boy in this small fishing community is murdered, and the investigation to figure out to figure out who do it, and it's like a little. It's mostly just a procedural, uh, just like unraveling small town drama stuff. It's uh, fucking grueling in the best way. The show and Patty Godstein gives one of my favorite performances as King Viserys first. <laughs> now, he's the father of the uh, of the boy. Yeah. And he and Patty Constantine is a standout in the show. Yeah, Patty Godstein just so yeah, good. Man. But yeah, he's great actor. Broadchurch is amazing. Uh, you should watch it. Uh, yeah. It's a recommendation. So it's um it's great. I got all this deep Song of Ice and Fire stuff, and Barrett's got, boom, here's what the actors are in. Bang, bang, bang. All right, so Rhaenys Targaryen, I was right. They, granddaughter. Granddaughter. Yeah. So the whole issue is that Rhaenys was the first, you know, the first child of the heir before he died, Jaehaerys' first son. And Viserys was the first son of one of the other, like, sons yeah. who were alive, who died. So the whole issue is that Okay, do we go with Rainies and we do a woman, but then she also has a son, so like succession secured. Yeah. Or we go with Viserys, who his wife is pregnant, but doesn't have any kids yet, right? <laughs> so that was the big issue in it, and the voting came down as the intro revealed. It went to Viserys because yeah. they basically said like, because you know, patriarchy. <laughs> so it went to Viserys, and Rainies is like not happy. You know, kind of peeved about that so they said that that was supposed to kind of say that oh the iron throne can only be inherited by a male like by a a male heir or whatever i think it really just shows that in that specific circumstance they went with viserys yeah like i don't think it's as ironclad as they say it is yeah as the people like who want to ooh this but that's how that goes so viserys is now going to be king and there's a little blurb about hey you know this is it is now, you know, this many years afterwards, this is taking place a hundred-something years before Daenerys Targaryen. And I think it smartly, like, just gets rid of everything else and just hundred-and-something years before Daenerys Targaryen. Because yeah. I think we want to separate this enough. I think it was a wise choice to do it in this story. It's super far back that none of the Game of Thrones stuff matters much here. Yeah. In terms of, like, it's no, you know, fucking, 
Like, fucking young Walder Frey's not running around. <laughs> so it, it, it's a good enough distance. And we see uh, Rhaenyra come down on a dragon, Syrax. But, uh... But, sorry, I was gonna say with the three dragons, the dragons that show up so far, I got sidetracked. Uh, yeah. It's supposed to be, um, Syrax is... I'll just do it quick. Syrax is Rhaenyra's dragon, and Syrax is kind of, like, shiny yellow and brown. Pretty medium-sized dragon. Uh, Damon's dragon is Caraxes, and he's called the Bloodworm, because he's a fucking freak. He's like half, like he has a snake kind of neck, and he's way longer than other dragons. He's like bright fucking red and black, like just edge lord, and he has little like he has winged like lower legs. <laughs> this is a section where Brandon uh, finds a way to vaguely justify this being on our <laughs> podcast. They're big, they're huge, and they breathe they fire. Be, they do break the Oakshire rule, so they are big. They're big creatures, yeah. but it's uh, the CG is good in them. The CG is uh, strong. I think there's a couple shots where I'm like, that doesn't look the best. Yeah. But I think that given that it is a TV show and they're going to go yeah. with like crazy dragons and shit. Yeah, which, I don't know. The good. dragons on Game of Thrones have never looked real to me, so it doesn't bother <laughs> me that much. But like, the dragons, uh, their CGI has never been that convincing. I think Aragon has better <laughs> dragons, honestly. This wow. is a hot take, I know. <laughs> But I am more convinced by the movie Aragon's Dragons. Then you have been... You have had the wool over your eyes. Go host. Go back to Aragon times. Go back. God. But the, Just um, put Aragon in there. Aragon could be in this. It makes it look even sillier, Daenerys' whole dragon thing, that these dragons all have saddles. Yeah. That, you know, they're not just holding onto the fucking spikes. It's really funny, but uh, you know they're good-sized dragons. They're they're on the medium size end. Uh, Caraxes is a good deal bigger than Cyrax, but basically, um, you know, Daener you know that's really the thing. Jon Snow didn't have to stab Daenerys if he just waited till like there was a good wind. <laughs> she's just done for. Oh no! <laughs> but then, uh, basically, you know, Rhaenyra parks her dragon with the dragon keepers. And what's, uh, what's kind of funny is that in the books, the dragon keepers are wearing, like, dragon scale armor and stuff. And I'm yeah. like, why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to protect you from the fire. But in, in this adaptation, I like it more. They're like monks. They're like yeah. Valyrian monks. And they, you know, bring Cyrax to the dragon pit. And, you know, we're, intru we're introduced to our main cast of characters. Yeah. We have Allison Hightower, who is Rhaenyra's best friend. So I've got a quick question for you since while we're on dragons. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. theoretically, if two dragons were, like, making out, and they both breathed fire down each other's gullets, mm -hmm. like, would that kill them? Would the fire... Like, they've already got fire in them, <laughs> so, like, would more fire in there kill them? No. Okay. So dragons Because when two people make out, they can breathe down each other's throats and it's no problem. Yeah, if but the dragon, they're not breathing fire. No, no, but if the dragon's throat can withstand fire coming out, it can withstand it going in. Okay, so dragons can, in fact, make out then. Confirmed. <laughs> you know, maybe we should go to... Uh, we should meet George, Mr. Martin, at Comic-Con. Ask that question. 
I'm just gonna do like a, a De Niro king of comedy. I'm gonna fucking <laughs> kidnap George R. R. Martin, tie him to a chair, and force him to tell me how dragons would make out. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you'll see here. Dragons have. <laughs> yeah, uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> write it down, write it down. Oh my god. But, um, we're introduced to our main cast of characters. We got ourselves Rhaenyra, who is the daughter of Viserys. We have Alicent Hightower. The Hightowers weren't even really a thing in Game of Thrones. No, I think they get, like, a name mention every once yeah, in a while. Yeah, they get, like, hey, they exist. They're not yeah. even much of a thing. Yeah. But in this, they're, like, a major player. They are the Hightowers, which are from Old Town, which is, like, you know, uh, yeah. across the across the country from where King's Landing is. Yeah. But still, like, southern. But you have Alicent Hightower, her dad, Otto Hightower, who is the Hand of the King. Otto Hightower, played by Rise Eifens. Riz Eifens? I can't pronounce it. Reese. Reese. Like Reese Darby. What am I thinking? Reese Eifens, uh, who is an actor that... Uh, a British actor I'm aware of from uh, movies like Human Nature. Uh, I think he's a stoner in fucking... <laughs> He's oh, a he's the lizard. He's a not. I don't know if he's a stoner in real life, but he plays a stoner roommate of Hugh Grant in like Notting Hill, I think. But probably most famous thing, he's the lizard in Amazing Spider-Man. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I did. I never saw it so well. Yeah. Well, That's you wild. saw No Way Home, and you didn't saw- see the. Did he show up as a human in that? He does briefly near the end. I hate that I know anything about No Way Home, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, also, okay. what else is he? Been in the, he's in I, a lot of like, stuff, but he's, uh, he's, he's in the oh I'm the I'm the most I'm fourteen and this is deep movie of my young film nerd uh, mm-hmm. career, Mister Nobody. Oh yeah, that one. The Jared Leto, ta- uh, the Jared Leto decisions movie. <laughs> Listen, Jared, Jared, if you can go back in time and change your decisions, Jared, Jared. <laughs> You can stop this! No! <laughs> but, but yeah, he plays the dad in that. Uh, but yeah, so those are the most prominent Riz I, R- yeah. Reese Ifens things. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so it starts out and they go, they, you see like a council scene between mm-hmm. Viserys and his small council mm-hmm. with, as I said, Otto Hightower, Hand of the King. We have ourselves Laris Strong? No, Laris Strong comes in later. But we have uh, Otto Hightower, Hand of the King. We have ourselves Lord Beesbury. <laughs> a maester, right? Is uh, Beesbury a maester? Ma- I think Beesbury is like Master of Coin or something. Uh, He's not like that important of a character. Um, we have the you know the Archmaester guy. I think yeah. Melos maybe the Archmaester. Okay. Lord Melos sounds familiar. And then the um, the biggest. One of the bigger ones is Chorus Valerian, like Master of the, the Ships. The Sea Snake. The Sea Snake. Who's... Yeah, so he's basically... Who, let me tell trying. you, I'm very glad that the internet was very cool about him being a black man. Ugh, God. Definitely something that Twitter took well. <laughs> God, it was fuck. One of the... That was messed up. One of the co-write... One of the co-writers of the expanded, like, world book things was like ah about it people were like come on <laughs> like <laughs> I, I honestly don't think it's been as big of a backlash as the 
with Rings of Power. Stuff. Rings of Power has been like bringing in, bringing it in for the yeah. Uh, Rings of Power, and there was another recent thing that also was getting the dumb. Oh, The Little Mermaid. Yeah. Oh God, that one was really fucking sad. Cause it's a kids thing. Yeah. But the, oh, but the um, he's very good in this. The sea snake, that actor. Yeah. But um, he's basically like the only guy trying to get things done. <laughs> you know, Viserys is chatting and joking, and then Course is like, "Yo, there's like pirates in the stepstones, yeah. and they're bad shit." And he's like, "Well, uh, whatever." Yeah. So that that doesn't really get him much places, but while that's happening, realize someone tells Daenerys, "Hey, your uncle Damon's back," and she goes, "Oh, okay, neat." And she goes to see him, and he's sitting on the Iron Throne, which is really bad because he's not the king. Damon, played by Matt Smith, who is so big that I probably don't have to introduce him, but he is a doctor. It's in Doctor Who, not like... But uh, he's... PhD. He's Doctor Who, and he was on the first two seasons of The Crown before The Crown did a, you know, a time jump. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah. So that's Matt Smith. He's a fucking... He's a little shit, as Damon Targaryen, and him and Rhaenyra have a weird... A weird little moment where they speak Valyrian to each other in two small subtitles. And it... (laughs) <laughs> it's it feels a little uh, weirdly charged. There's, <laughs> listen. There's a lot of what we would call pedophilia and what a libertarian would call a bealophilia <laughs> on this. A beal is that for teenagers? Yeah. Oh. Oh, it's the fact that li- libertarians are very, very sure to make sure that you understand the difference between those two. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's a that creepy moment. Like Damon gives her a necklace, like a Valyrian steel necklace. It's like, oh, you know, we have a little bit of our Valyrian ancestry now. So you know, Damon gets off the throne because the guy's pissed at him for it. But then they go out and they do their things, and we get little introductions to characters. And, and a po- a male heir is incoming for the uh, for the uh, the. For the king, for yep. Viserys, and so Viserys is hosting a tournament. Big tournament. He's like a tournament to be my first son and the heir of the Iron King of the Throne. A, a tournament held in a pussy fort. Yeah, in a stadium. <laughs> a stadium that was clearly, very, very clearly, as a design decision made to look like a vagina. Yep, and. It's being intercut with the actual birth going on. Yeah, because because oh oh because the mom has that speech about how the birthing bed is a woman's like battlefield. A, yes. Oh, yeah. it's the mat. It's like as subtle as a brick to the dick, but it's you know. <laughs> it just hits you now. <laughs> yeah. But the um yeah she's like the basically Emma is the name of Rhaenyra's mother who is Viserys' wife. But spelt with an A at the beginning. Cause... So it's weird. It's because it's weird and Targaryen-y. Yeah. But there, she's like, hey, you know, Viserys, this is the last kid I'm going to have. We've had stillbirth and miscarriages and everything. I can't do this again. This is the last one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pop out a baby. You know, we don't know if it's a son or a daughter, but popping it out, and that's it. That's the whole thing. So the tournament's held, and, 
you know, Viserys is like, yay, Emma's started to have the baby. And then, like, halfway through the tournament, things go bad. Things go very bad for that. He gets a call, and the doctor's like, I can't operate on this woman. I'm... It's my son. And the doctor was a woman! Whoa! <laughs> the maestro was a woman! Well, basically... The uh, mistress? The mistress. But, like, spelt with an... Uh, the maestress? The maestress. <laughs> so, basically, the, the maester is like, Viserys, you gotta come. And they come into the room, and it's like, Emma is having a very difficult pregnancy, where I think they mentioned that baby is, like, sideways... Like, it's yeah. not, it's not coming out. And they're like, well, shit, like, this is a bad situation. And they're like, you know, this is not working. We're trying everything we can. And, like, there comes an impossible choice. C-sections are not yet something that's survivable because they do not know how to pinch off bleeding yet. Yeah. So, so, a C, so they, yeah, they bring yeah. up, do you want us to do a C-section? It will certainly kill the mother, but we could maybe save the baby. And what I'm interested in is, depending on the thing, it's like different... See, the thing is, they, the show frames it very in a way where it feels like it's making him choose between his wife's life and his child's, but like that is not actually textually what they're presenting him with as the option. Yeah. Because they're presenting him with both or one dies... But the way the show is framing the moral decision makes it feel like it's a one or the other. That's the interesting thing. It's kind of yeah. hard to see, like, it's kind of hard to tell what that choice was, yeah. which maybe is the point of it, where it's yeah. like they're so, like, you know, yeah. they're not technologically advanced enough to have yeah. an idea of, oh, well, you know, if we simply let the baby die, then, like, the mother will live. You think that Hey like, Arnold's mom had to have a C-section? For that head? Yeah. Well, if the if the baby were born sideways, she might not have to. <laughs> in, that, in that are, situation, are you saying they're like, we gotta turn the baby sideways and just hope the rest of them just hope the rest of them gets through with the football yeah. head. God, <laughs> but yeah, the, this scene is this scene is fucked. Yeah, this scene is like really fucking disturbing. Where it's like, as the tournament is going on, and they're all fucking, you know, knights are bashing their heads in. Because they mentioned it's been so long for peace, like, this is the only way they get their, like, aggression out. Yeah. Like, oh, this stuff. But, it, oh, it's so fucking visceral. Like, you see them cut her open. Yeah. And then, like, remove the baby, and, like, she's, like, she clearly, like, this is not what she wants. Yeah. Like, she's not giving consent about this. She's like, wait, what are you doing? No, no, no. And Viserys is like, I love you, and, and they, oh, it's fucking brutal. But they, they cut her open, and so much blood and visceral, and the, they get the baby out, and they cut the cord, and like, oh, it's a boy, and, you know, Viserys is like, so like, oh my god about it, but he's like, okay, yeah, at least it's a boy. And there, did you notice there's like one look? Yeah, the maester gives it a weird look, and I, yeah. and instantly I'm like, oh. This kid's gonna fucking die. Yeah, it, it's like, I, I love these little subtle moments like that where it's like, he's just looking like shit. <laughs> it's like, uh oh. But the good news is, both survive and go as mummies for Halloween. Exactly. God. But, um, there, there's like a side thing where in the tournament, like, uh, this character named Kristen Cole, who's a knight, 
and Damon Targaryen, they do a little fight. Yeah, and, and Chris, Kristen, Kristen it, yeah, Kristen Cole is like the hot. That's the that's his that's really his only attribute currently <laughs> is he's hot and most people find him hot, like, and you know, they cast it well. He's hot, so like it's working. But what <laughs> they uh you know, Cole wins, but it's like a pyrrhic victory because soon everyone finds out that Emma's dead. And it cuts to the funeral where first you see the mother's body, like, wrapped up, and then it goes to the baby. Yeah. And the baby's name was Balon, but only last, you know, quickly died. And then, oh, we didn't talk about Matt Smith, uh, we didn't talk about Damon, uh, you know, mutilating people. Oh, yeah, the introduction to Damon is that, uh, Basically, they put him in charge of the city watch and the gold cloaks, or, you know, like, the cops yeah. of King's Landing. Mm -hmm. And he sends them out to, like, indiscriminately just fucking maim people who yeah. we think are killers. Uh, uh, from I think it feels more like just a violent, like, oh, we're going to show authority. That's what from I got. understood, it was, like, the, the suspect, the repeat offenders of minor criminal behavior. Uh, they just went on, like, just started, you know... Uh, maiming them and or not mine I mean what they perceive as minor some of that stuff is really abhorrent like they're they're killing rape I mean that's a good thing killing yeah. rapists so, so. well they're chopping their dicks off yeah <laughs> we don't actually know if they're killing them although I feel like that's I did think they were gonna ram a sword up the up the rapist's ass I did think yeah that's what that was about <laughs> it was close it was like because like the shot's holding on his ass instead of his front, and, like, we can't see where the knife is, so <laughs> like, no, like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, but, um... But, that's but yeah, so, like, a bunch of repeat offenders of criminal shit, uh, and some of... All of which, in that time period, is minor offenses. In our time period... Uh, oh, yeah, 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 so, uh... Uh, but, yeah, so, he does that, and the thing about Damon is that he's... Anything, any job he's been given, he goes too hard on. He, he is, he is the the McDonald's manager who runs this thing like the Navy. Because <laughs> they're basically, because Otto's like, oh, how could he do this? Like, oh my God, two thousand people dead, and and then Viserys like, you fucking told me to do this. We put him as master of laws. You said he was too harsh. We tried to do him as master of coin. And like it worked. And he was causing people to starve by being so stingy. But yeah. So it's like, we can't really get this guy to work. So that was the introduction they had before this. So the baby, you know, it's the funeral and Rhaenyra. And in, in one of the weird, more touching moments of Damon, he's like, Rhaenyra, like, you know, oh, your dad needs you. You need to be the one to do it. Yeah. And then he, she, you know, says, Syrax Dracaris and her dragon breathes fire on the pyre. And yeah. like, you know burns the mother's body and the baby's and like a big funeral thing then Damon while drunk and happy that he is still the heir uh, makes a speech at a party uh, about how mocking the dead child yeah it's fuck that's straight out of the book yeah. <laughs> there's the there's the explicit line uh, heir for a day yeah but, yeah, Damon's like, oh, I'm Viserys' brother. I'm therefore still the guy who's gonna be it. But Viserys is so incensed by this choice 
by by this uh thing that Damon's made, done that he banishes him essentially. Yeah. Well, the scene before that's great though because it's yeah. it's about succession. It's like. They're like, yeah, I really thought season three was good. I thought that was the greatest season yet. But it's about who's going to get the throne next. And it's fucked because it's like so soon after the funeral. It's like Otto calls this small council meeting. (laughs) And they're like, hey, who's going to be, you know, you know, Viserys, who's going to be your heir now, now that your baby boy died? Yeah. And they're like, you know, fighting each other. And then Patty Gossett gives a fucking amazing performance there. Yeah. Where he's like, you know, I will not have you fucking crows feast on the corpses of my family. Yeah. It's like, holy shit. And it's, but, yeah, so the problem is that most of the choices that, while everyone would usually go with Damon, no one wants Damon to sit, except for the sea snake, because... Opportunistic. <laughs> yeah, the sea snake really just, who... Oh, Whoever spoke last is is the opinion I'm going with. Like him. Yeah. Cause Dame because everyone's like, yo, Damon's gonna be in the next Magor, and Magor, he's literally he was literally called Magor the Cruel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bad fucking dude. Oh yeah, I think it's very purposeful to cast Matt Smith who's got a face like fucking Ivan the Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, it's pretty pretty spooky going on, yeah. but they're like, yeah, no one wants Damon. So in Viserys, basically to get back at Damon is like, Rhaenyra, my daughter, will now be the heir, not you. I'm sending you back to the Vale to be with your wife, who you never see. <laughs> Goodbye, Damon. And to me, that that feels so much like a just yeah. a knee jerk response. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like, oh, you know, Viserys felt, weighed the odds and went, oh, because of this, Rhaenyra is the best heir. He was kind of like, to me, that scene felt like a, like a knee-jerk reaction. Like, he yeah. just thought of it then. Yeah. He's like, now Rhaenyra's going to be my heir. Yeah, like, if Damon had come in and, like, proved that, oh, actually, I didn't do that, didn't say the, that speech... Yeah. Then he then he'd probably still be heir. Exactly, yeah. but he's like, we all grieve in our own ways. <laughs> yeah, he's so fucking smarmy about it. He's essentially that guy on Twitter who makes fun of like a, a school shooting, and it's like, I'm grieving. This is just how I, I cope with humor. It's <laughs> yeah. fucked. So now Rhaenyra is going, and there's a big scene where Rhaenyra and Viserys, you know, they meet up in. Like, uh, someplace in the Red Keep with a fucking Balerion, the dragon, the, you know, Balerion the Black Dread, his massive fucking skull is there. He gives a little speech about, you know, oh, this dragon was the last one who saw Valyria, uh, now, you know, Rhaenyra, you're going to be my heir, we're gonna have all the lords swear to you. And then that's when it brings up the the prophecy, the song of yeah. ice and fire, and everyone punches to her. Episode ends. So what's interesting is now I can get into like what the book thing is. So in case, because yeah. I know you haven't read that book. Nope. It's not a usual book. It's not like oh we get a chapter of Rhaenyra's perspective, maybe a chapter of Damon's. Yeah. It's very much not that. It's like you know like those history books we read in like high school where it's like. You know, Bill Clinton was angry about this, so he did blank. Yeah. 
reports say that these two things may have happened instead. Yeah. That's literally what Fire and Blood is. But it's instead for Targaryen history. There's like these two different perspectives. There's this up and tight maester, and then there is the court jester Mushroom, who both have accounts for different uh, the same event. Yeah. It's very different. You know, Maester will go like, oh, the Honorable Viserys chose Rhaenyra because she was the best fit of office. And then Mushroom would be like, he was doing it because D- 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 Rhaenyra had Damon's bastard in her belly and they had to unite the claims. He's like a little crackhead guy. Did you just give me a little spoiler? No, no that's not happening. <laughs> no, I'm saying that he brings up like just false yeah. information. Uh, Sometimes. Yeah. It's just the most explicit shit where it's like, oh, they had to do it because Damon had killed Emma secretly and they had to cover it up. Yeah. So you're kind of like trying to piece together the two things of this yeah. about what really happened. So the without Mushroom's a... just fucking <laughs> Alex Jones out here. <laughs> Pretty much. But sometimes I think he's right. <laughs> Mushroom. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> You need to be very, very clear that you're talking about Mushroom. Mushroom, the fictional character from Fire and Blood. I think sometimes he probably has more of the truth to it. Because the Maester will never actually admit, like, people are humans. He always thinks this was the most honorable way. But um, so far, very close to what the Fire and Blood is doing. Like I said, though, I think that a huge plus about this show... Versus Game of Thrones and that source material is the writers are good. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. Like Game of Thrones had the issue I was bringing up where once they ran out of source material, they weren't strong enough writers to keep going with the characters they had. Yeah, they couldn't write original things. Right. Yeah. I think the great sign about this show, you can even see in the first couple episodes, there is so little. Like there's there's just an outline of like yeah. the basic story from Fire and Blood. They're filling in with like interesting characters with it like with motives and ideas and themes and like things that the main the book doesn't really do Viserys is so much of a better fucking character in the book in the show compared to the book in the book he's literally just Robert Baratheon he's literally that he's like oh I'm getting like I'm just you know I'm a blustering oof and I'm dumb and everything I think Viserys is just He's just super indecisive. Yeah. But, like, I think he is a so much more interesting than in the book version. And I think that's stuff that will continue to happen, where it's like, I'm, you know, the book had a nice outline basis for this, but the show actually filled it in with dialogue and good characters. See, that's interesting. My take on Viserys is that it's that his... He is only able to look at situations on a very surface level way. Mm-hmm. Like the pirates thing. The, the pirates, the crab fears, which we'll talk about more when we're talking about episode two, and presumably in the back half of this podcast episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think it's the sea snake and Otto are both trying to bring it up in the first council Specifically Coralus. Yes. So the sea snake is trying to talk about it. In the council and, like, how they're killing pirates. And because it is pirates and less pirates is a would generally be thought of as a good thing, mm-hmm. he is just unable to even acknowledge the fact that maybe this 
guy, this foreign nationalist coming in and killing our citizens in horrific ways. Maybe not a good yeah, thing. Yeah, not a great thing, even if those <laughs> are, pe- are people that are generally considered undesirable. So yeah, like, because yeah. it's like, what's going to happen yeah. once they run out of pirates? <laughs> yeah. So I think that's a good point with it. But yeah. um, we'll see where things go from there. And then we can give a brief... Uh, Recap of episode two, and then we can go on a break. Yeah. Episode two is called... The Rogue Prince. Yeah, The Rogue Prince. Episode two. So, six months later. Bada bing, we're six months in the future. Okay. Uh, Ama has been dead for six months, and everyone's talking about, Viserys, uh, you have one daughter as a, you know... A, a child. You have one child. And years. your other heir option, you banished. <laughs> you banished your other heir, who then Damon has fled to Dragonstone with some of the gold cloaks, and is like illegally hiding out there. Uh, with his mistress, uh, a, a a prostitute from King's Landing, mm-hmm. played by oh, I got her name up here. Uh, So then everyone's like, Viserys, you have to have a new wife. Sonoya Mizuno. Yes. As Misaria. Or Misaria. I think it's Uh, Misaria. Yeah, who... uh, So, I'm going to say some very nice things about her before we talk about her in the show. (laughs) Um, uh, She is an actress that I have liked every big thing I've seen her in. She's in... She's in Alex Garland stuff a lot. Uh, so Ex Machina, she is, she's the, uh, she's Kimiko in Ex Machina. Oh, okay. Uh, and then she's also in, uh, she's, I don't know who she is in Annihilation. I'm assuming in Annihilation she's, like, just one of the crowd of scientists, not one of the main ones. <laughs> but then she's also the star of Devs, which I don't know if you've seen Devs. No. Devs is really good. It's like a, a mini series uh, that mm-hmm. Alex Garland did, starring her and Nick Offerman, uh, where it's about like he's like a tech guy who's built like essentially he's built an algorithm that is so good that it can see everything that's going to happen okay. in the world and. It's, and it is really interesting, really chilling uh, uh, miniseries. I highly recommend it. Uh, And, but yeah, Uh, oh, and also she's in Maniac, which I don't know if you saw that. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it now because the director, Kerry Fukunaga, turned out to be a bad dude. Ooh. But at the time, it's, it's, a, it's a fun miniseries. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, the... Jonah Hill and Emma Stone are, like, really depressed people who start, who go into this, uh, this, like, a uh, new drug trial for, like, a weird, crazy, uh, drug, mm. and... It's a wacky uh, miniseries. I do not recommend you watch while Kerry Fukunaga is alive, because my rule about directors who are sex pests is wait until they're dead. Still counting that Roman Polanski's 89. <laughs> I am so excited. Like, 
in the next five years, I'm gonna get to finally watch <laughs> Rosemary's Baby. I've been waiting for so long, Brandon. <laughs> if he and Woody Allen murder suicided, I would have the most amazing film festival ready you go, for me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I know I like both of your work, but I know I shouldn't. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you still be alive? Yeah. Oh my goodness. But um, yeah, the Rogue Prince, the whole big issue is that Viserys has to find a new wife. Damon is on Dragonstone, and he's stolen a dragon egg. Yes. And as an additional insult, it was supposed to be the dragon egg yeah. for Balon, the yeah. baby that died. Yeah. So Rhaenyra is fucking pissed. Mm-hmm. And everyone else is pissed. And originally Viserys is like, oh, I'm going to go up there and do it. And Otto's like, no, 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 like, let me handle it. So Otto goes to Dragonstone with a little, you know, like 20 guys. They get yeah. there. And the, you know, Damon comes out to meet him. And Damon is like, yo, I'm just going to, like, be here. Is that cool? And they're like, no, it's not cool. And they're about to fight. And then they realize Caraxes is there, Damon's dragon, and they're like, okay, nope, we cannot fight with a dragon. Yeah. Put her seal away, everyone put her seal away, let's not do this. But then Rhaenyra, against her father's orders, mm-hmm. comes in with her dragon, oh, convinces Damon to give the egg back, and they call it off. Damon uh, then uh, is yelled at by his mistress. Uh, who she was not in the know about this plan, and no, she's like, I'm not pregnant, I'm not marrying you. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> she also, I don't know what that accent choice is. The main thing bringing uh, bringing her performance uh, down is that horrific, like unidentifiable accent that they yeah. chose for some. Like it sounds like they wanted to like. Sounds like they want to give Shay a stronger accent. Yeah, that's what I'm like, getting out of it. Because it's giving Shay's vaguely Eastern European vibes, but... Yeah, but they didn't, like, lock it down. They're like, just yeah. everywhere, just roam around. Yeah. So but I think that was a kind yeah. of a... Probably one of the weakest parts of the show so far. I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, okay, you gave her a lot of dialogue for that accent. Like, this is, this is, uh, I can tell it's not fun for her, it's not fun for us. (laughs) This is a tough sell. And, like, I get that, like, that's, you know, that Shay had a weaker version of the same accent, Mm -hmm. but also I'm pretty sure that was the actress's actual accent in the Shay situation. Yeah. Also, did you know the actress for Shay was a porn star before Game of Thrones? Really? No, I did not. Good for her. Hope she's doing good stuff now. We're pro sex worker here, so good for her. What? It, That's a hard jump. What? Erection joke? Oh my god! You set up an erection joke. I was I was trying to say that it is, it is a it is a it is a tough thing to go from being in like pornography things to being in non pornography things. Yeah. yeah, that is seen as like tainted and stuff. Yeah, I think there's. I mean. Listen, we've watched Boogie Nights. We're aware of the prejudices against sex workers. Yeah, so it's a tough thing. So good for her. I didn't know that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, she was great. Um, like, in the original Game of Thrones show. So I think that that accent was weird. Um, yeah. But in other news, we have Viserys narrowing down his wife picks. Which child bride will he have? Uh, the biggest one is Rhaenys and 
Corliss are like, yo, you should wed our daughter, Lena. We're both Valerians. We're both, you know, we have all this military might. We're like all this great stuff. Let's unite our houses, marry Lena. The problem is she's 12. <laughs> yeah. And she looks even younger. <laughs> yeah. Like there's one shot where they're trying to like, ooh, they're courting, e- they're courting each other. And worse, they just don't vibe. <laughs> God. It's really funny because like <laughs> Lena is like clearly just like yo. Do you know where fucking Vagar is? Yeah, Vagar is like the last of the main three dragons from Aegon the Conqueror yeah. coming over. Vagar's fucking massive. I can't wait until <laughs> we get there. But um, she's like, do you know where Vagar is? On the coast. Sick. Yeah. Can you help me get her? <laughs> like she's really interested in Vagar, and Viserys is like, yeah, Vagar is a little too big for this world, huh? Yeah. And they're they're marked like they're walking in the garden. And Viserys is fucking like two feet taller than she is. Yeah, it's disturbing. I mean, there's a lot of implied uh, pedophilic yeah. tendencies within the show. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. But the whole the thing we forgot to mention for episode one that's keep going here is Allison. What Allison's up to is she is going to see the king after. Yeah. His wife died. Yeah, she's like doing the Marjorie Tyrell at Toman's bedside mm-hmm. thing. Being like, hey, oh, you have that model? That's so cool. Yeah. It's really funny. Viserys is like uh, like one of those Civil War <laughs> modelers. Yeah. yeah. And he has this whole speech about like old Valeria and how that used to work. That's yeah. pretty neat. Also, and- <laughs> her name is Alicent, but it does exactly sound like Allison. <laughs> For another George R. R. Martin style, uh, <laughs> this a real name, but make it sound weird. <laughs> exactly. So him and her, her and Viserys are getting close, and it's clear that from a scene that Allison is like being pushed to do this by her dad Otto, because yeah. Otto wants power. He's like, oh, if, yeah. if you know, if my daughter's married to the king, yeah. pretty good for me. Also, it's, oh, his name being Otto is strikes me as weird every time. <laughs> like I get that Otto is like. An older name, actually, but like it just sounds so weird to my ears. Auto. It's like, <laughs> Autobots roll out. out. But uh, you know they're getting closer, and I, I love this little touch that Allison, when she's like uncomfortable and anxious, up she's like picking her nails. Yeah. Because her nails are like fucking bleeding and all yeah. messed up. Because she doesn't want to do this. It's her dad pushing yeah. it to. Because Viserys is, I think at this point he's like thirty something. Yeah. Like, and she's, like, I think most, like, 16, 17. See, it's really hard to get a read on what Viserys' age is supposed to be. Because his white hair? Yeah, <laughs> the white hair is really throwing me up. Oh, don't worry. You can re- you're real tell how, how he's doing in more recent episodes. <laughs> but is um... Because the issue is that... So, basically, that Allison is, you know, getting closer with Viserys, doing this, doing that... There's a, uh, then they, you know, Viserys makes his choice that Allison will yeah. be his new bride. Yeah. Uh, pleasing Otto and pissing off Corliss, and he immediately leaves. Yeah, Corliss then leaves, and in the very next scene has teamed up with, uh, Damon, uh, at being like... We're second sons. We gotta make our fortune. Yeah. You There's... help me with the, you help me with the crab feeder, I'll help you. I'll help you. You scratch my back, I scratch your back. Boom. Yeah. Also, then, we didn't mention it, because, like, there hasn't been any, like, plot point stuff, but the show's clearly putting, uh, 
some sapphic vibes between Alicent and Rhaenyra. Mm-hmm. Where, but, like, but Rhaenyra the, literally has vibes with almost everyone <laughs> in the show. Yeah, she, yeah, so her and Alicent are good friends at this point, but, you know, now that she's her stepmom, eh, yeah. things might sour a bit. Yeah. But I just know that also uh, Viserys is cutting right. himself on the throat. Listen, if Dan Harmon's favorite form of pornography has anything to say, the stepmom's only gonna help things. Oh. <laughs> oh God, has he said that? Has he been like, "This is my favorite"? Or was it some like, "Oh, he liked this tweet" or something? I, I don't know if he. I, this is mostly a joke about how much incest shows up in Dan Harmon stuff, and. Like, oh, I think he has made the a comment. stuff that show up in Rick and Morty is way fucking worse than Stepmom. Yeah, I think he did say that like recently that incest porn is not taboo enough for him. <laughs> and this is why I don't watch Rick and Morty, and I am not excited for the Community movie. <laughs> oh God! Oh God! How is there? Is there even anyone related in Community? He'll find a way. He'll find a way. They're secretly siblings. God. But the one last thing I want to bring up that I forgot. There's so many. What I really like about House of Dragon is there's so many like intermoving parts right now. Yeah. That there's so many that sometimes they forget something. And a thing that's been brought up a few times and we see is Viserys is cutting himself on the throne. Yeah. Like accidentally. Like when he sends Damon away because Damon says, you know, you're weak Viserys. He cuts himself. He cuts his... His uh, pinky. Oh, yeah. Iron Throne is so much bigger in this. It's, it's not that it's, like, the th- seat itself is bigger. Like, the seat itself is not, like, at the size of, like, the illustrations you see of the giant mountain of swords. But, mm-hmm. like, it does look a lot more reminiscent of the giant mountain of swords from a lot of the uh, book-based illustrations. Because all the, s- the steps that have always been there well, are just covered. used to be covered in swords leading up to it. Yeah, so it's, it's like, great. It's a good design. Too. Also, it makes the little finger just seem stupider. It's like, <laughs> little finger, you didn't like just read a history book and figure out there were more swords. You, your your fucking speech doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's great. So Viserys is cutting himself, and he has like kind of a some bad shit forming on his pinky. Yeah. In this episode. Oh, is that what? Is that what's causing the infections? Uh, well, I mean, obviously, don't tell me more about the infections he keeps getting but yeah so we're gonna go on break and we'll come back with more to say about the show after watching yes. two more episodes the last uh, last thing i want to i want to put here for the next the next part of this yeah is i told barrett earlier there was two things that george r martin really was like we need this to be in house of the dragon created game of thrones one thing we see here is that he wanted brighter heraldry he wanted less like desaturated yeah i think this it's showing off good yeah there's Very some nice saturation stuff. It's some color there. It's great. The second thing will be in episode three. Okay. We'll see you then. And we're back. Yeah. We just watched episodes three and four of House of the Dragon, and which is uh, the third episode's called Second of Second of His Name, and the fourth episode is called King of the Narrow Sea. So with those two episodes, now that we've done that, we are almost halfway through the season. So I'm wondering, now that we've seen the four episodes versus the two, has your opinion changed on the show, or are you still feeling about the same? I'm still feeling about the same. I think it's very good. I think there was more stuff that I saw that I think stylistically 
differentiates the show uh, in in the form of insert shots, not to be dumb, <laughs> but like there's like a weird little montage, uh, not weird, but like a little montage that happens at the beginning of episode three uh, of hunting stuff and like insert shots of dogs and shots where the focus changes and that was never something that happened in Game of Thrones. That was not in their style guide. So that was that was very interesting. And also, obviously, the battles that they deem worth uh worth throwing money at are very uh very different. Yeah, like you know, the because the uh as we'll talk about, the crab feeder battle in episode at the end of episode three was a full scale battle. Something that we like we didn't see a battle of that scale at all in season one of Game of Thrones. No, the closest we would have gotten to was uh the one Tyrion was in, but then they knocked him out. Yeah, that's just a bunch of people running and then Tyrion gets knocked out and we don't see <laughs> anything. Uh but like, the first full-scale, like, actual battle scene is Blackwater in Game of Thrones, right? I'm not sure about the show. I think that's about true, though. There wasn't really a big yeah. fight before that. Yeah. Because I think it's it's important to also state that, like, obviously I think House of the Dragon has a lot more money going into it at the first season yeah. compared to the first season of Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. So there is some, like, you know, just, we have the budget for this now. Yeah. And I think the fact that there wasn't really much of a battle, I think they were like, okay, we should make this a big battle, because like, oh, episode three, you know, like, yeah. if people want to tune in for, like, some big violent fight things, it's like, let's do it here. So, yeah, I think that my opinion's, yeah, about the same with the rewatch for the fourth episode, for these two episodes. Yeah. But, um... I will say I was rather annoyed by a rather long sequence that is entirely too dark uh just not not as in content wise i mean yeah. <laughs> but, but well, uh, just both ways as in lighting is oh, the day for i think it's day for night in the brothel yeah like as in they're shooting day for night as in they shot during the daytime and just you know changed darken the that's filter. A, wait till episode seven it's really bad there it's like but like i don't know because I think about, like, recent stuff. Nope's Day for Night is mm -hmm. so amazing. Because that whole thing is... Most of that movie is nighttime scenes. Yeah. And, and you can... It's visible enough to where you can tell... Yeah. ...what's going on. And I think... I think it's something... You know... Oh, I have this nice, you know, HDR fancy TV yeah. thing. Where if it's, like, meteor... Like, if it's not, like, bright sunny out... Like, it unfortunately was during that episode. Yeah. Like... I can see what's going on just fine, but someone on, like, their laptop or, like, anything else, if it's moderately light out, yeah. you're not going to see shit. Yeah. Which I think is not a favor for the lighting situation. But, um, so just going into a bit of the plot for episode three, I wanted to bring up the second thing that George R. R. Martin uh, specifically requested for House of the Dragon, at least for this first season. Was it more actor scenes? No. It was that, do you remember Robert's uh, hunt for the boar in the first season of Game of Thrones? Yeah. Do you, 
where it's literally, I got a picture pulled up, just Robert, Redley, and Lancel walking around the woods, and Robert has a spear. <laughs> and it's just the four of them looking for a boar. Yeah. So apparently George was very annoyed by that. Because, you know, this is a royal hunting party. Yeah. So in this episode, epi- second of his name, there is a much, like, grander royal hunting party. There's hunting dogs. There's lots of people to, like, tie down the animal and everything. It's not just Viserys walking around the woods with his spear. I think it also works as thematic, though, because Robert was a very brash, would-do-it-himself guy. But Viserys, the Viserys of the show, at least, I mean, that whole hunting scene is an emasculation of him. It's when he, when he finds the deer and he is, and he stabs it with his spear, that very purposefully feels just like how powerless he is as a person. It's like, you can't even do this, dude. But I guess just, um, well, the episode starts with that, you know, it's been about two years or so since the first, last episode. three years. Or sorry, three. Because it, well. Yeah. Yeah, because Aegon, yeah. who is uh, Allison and Viserys's child, is now two years old. Yeah. Which that's a big deal because you know in medieval times most a lot of children didn't make it to two. Yeah. They would die of infancy before that. Yeah. So now that Aegon is two, they can go like, oh well, he's gonna live to adulthood most likely. Yeah. So there's a big celebration, and this is where the hunting thing comes in. Yeah. Is for Aegon's second, him turning two, we're gonna have this big celebration. Where we're going to find this, uh, you know, this white stag that we hear about in the woods. Yeah. And that's the, like, the big um, premise for most of this episode. <laughs> is yeah. it's, the, it's this big contained hunting party. And we get to see, okay, Allison's heavily pregnant with their second child. Rhaenyra is about the same as before. <laughs> yeah, she's, and she's not, even though her father has been actively assuring her that she will not be supplanted as heir. Mm-hmm. She very heavily resents him because she's pretty sure she's going to be supplanted as heir. Yeah, because there was a whole conversation she had with uh, yeah. her... Uh, not aunt, but uh, with Rainey's, yeah. where she's like, listen, like, I was in the same situation. <laughs> they said, like, oh, you're going to be the, the heir and everything, but yeah. it just didn't work out. Don't give your hopes up, is kind of yeah. what she was saying. So Rhaenyra's like, oh, damn it, Aegon is two. He's probably going to be king. Because in the tournament, when they are, like, conversing with everybody, yeah. it's like everyone kind of is, like, nudge-nudge about it. Yeah. They're like, oh, you know, now that Aegon's now that Aegon's going to make it through adolescence, yeah. are you going to name him Hand of the... You know, are you going to be his heir now? Is that how it's going to work? Yeah. So we think that was interesting. But Viserys was like, no, like, Alice, like... Rhaenyra is still my heir. Yeah. But I think that the issue is that Viserys isn't, like... The situation has changed so much since when he declared Rhaenyra as his heir. Because mm-hmm. that was right when Emma had died. There was no other children that could be, like, the claim. But now that there is, like, oh, Aegon would be the rival claim for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you should really, like, publicly broadcast that to everybody. Yeah. But he's just, like, individually, when someone brings it up, he says, no, Rhaenyra's my heir, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, like, you gotta, like, <laughs> if you were serious about this, you need to, ooh, like, Aegon, you know, you could say, Aegon will be 
this. He will not be the heir. You know? Yeah. Like, it's like, goodness, dude. But they're at this big hunting party, and Rhaenyra runs off at some point because she's had enough of this. And she has an adventure with... Crispy Sir, Cole. Yeah, with Sir Sexy, whose only, only character attribute is that he is sexy. We're so... Episode, <laughs> we're covering episode five this time, but things uh, develop in the next episode. Oh, does Sir Sexy do more things? Yes. More people? No comment. Okay. Okay. Okie dokie. Um, All right, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, um, that's his only character. Trait. He's sexy, and he goes after Rhaenyra. Because yeah. he's a Kingsguard, and he's like, i got to protect you. So he goes to Rhaenyra, yeah. they kind of have a t- this tender moment at the campfire, and then a, a fucking... A, a boar attack. boar attacks. Boar on the forest floor. Phew! <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, Rhaenyra stabs the boar to death, like, viciously. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of just political intrigue things in this, like, massive royal tent. Uh, we get introduced to Larys Strong, who isn't much of a character yet, but he becomes a big character, yeah. who's the the clubfoot, yeah. who is Lionel Strong's son. Harwood is seen in two shots, but <laughs> he yeah. becomes a thing. But, uh, um, we're introduced to the Lannister twins. Yeah. Uh, played by the same actor. I think his name's Jefferson Hall, or Jeffrey Hall, or mm-hmm. Jeff Hall, either way. Uh, but... Um, but yeah, they. Oh yeah, Jason Lannister and Ty something Lannister. Thailand. Oh yeah, Thailand Lannister. Yeah, and. And Thailand is like, oh, I'm the soft-spoken, more squire type. And, and Jason's just like. Giga Chat, like, yeah. oh, hey, Rhaenyra, I have money. We could build a dragon pit. Yeah. Marry me, yo. Because the big thing now is that, basically, everyone's like, okay, Aegon's gonna be like in their cups and everything. Yeah. They're like. Aegon's gonna be the heir. Rhaenyra's up for grabs for like marrying. Yeah. So she's annoyed because Jason is like super. Oh, I I'm, uh, I love your claim. Yeah, we're gonna have so many weird dragon babies. Yeah, is so. Don't tell me how, but like, Jason and Thailand are gonna become more relevant, right? Because like. It's weird to me with how little they've been used for this first almost half of the season mm-hmm. that he made uh, that that because you know when I was looking up the cast for the first half of the episode mm-hmm. he made the the regulars he's not a recurring actor mm-hmm. he is listed as a regular <laughs> cast member yeah i'm i'm trying to remember i if anything i think maybe more of a season 2 situation Ah, they're just prepping. They're prepping. Or is it because, technically, every episode he's in, it's like he did the work for two episodes. <laughs> Could you imagine? We can pay him half. Yeah. <laughs> he's two roles. Yeah. But what's been, in, uh, just location-wise, it's been interesting because we've literally, like, we've literally just been fucking here. It's just been This dragging. means nothing to you, folks. So, I'm going to visually describe it. We're, like, only in, like, a small circle around King's Landing. Yeah. We've seen Driftmark, we've seen Dragonstone, we've seen the Stepstones. Yeah. We have not, like, we haven't gone north, we haven't gone to Dorne, yeah. we haven't, like, gone to Essos. Mm-hmm. We are firmly in this circle. Yeah. 
which I think is very different because Game of Thrones at this point was like, what's going on in King's Landing? What's going on in Beyond the Wall? It was yeah. like, it's far more region. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be interested to see, um, like I said, this is probably more of a season two thing at this point. Yeah. When more of the whole thing gets introduced. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah. So they're, they're marking over the claims and... There's this moment where Viserys is like, you know, he's just fed up with all this stuff. He's like, oh my god, you know, oh, I have to make these decisions, I have to choose. And it's like, it sucks. Those aren't fun decisions, but it's like, you are the king. Yeah. That is your sole job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, in the first episode, he says, like, don't don't make me decide between my, oh, yeah. my daughter and my uh, brother. brother. And it's like, dude, that's your job. Yeah. <laughs> Like, if you don't do it, it just gets worse. <laughs> like, it's it's a whole thing. But Rhaenyra beats the boar, and then they come back with our... Oh, she sees the oh, white yeah, stag. Before, so before, sorry, um, they beat up the boar, and then the next morning, they're starting to go home. And we have this, like, compilation where, as we were mentioning, uh, the king's hunting party finds a deer. Like, a very big one, but not the white stag. And Just they, a regular deer. They tie him down and have... And have Viserys stab him, mm-hmm. and Viserys, and it's really a pathetic thing because like, oh my god, like he doesn't even get it the first hit. Yeah, like he, like he stabs it, it like screams, and he pulls it back. Yeah, and you see that from the last episode, two of his fingers are now missing. Yeah, like he's like the rot is spreading. Yeah, and he has to do it again, and it's just like, mm-hmm. it's just pointless. Like it, like it, it doesn't make him feel better. Yeah, <laughs> it wastes everybody's time. And it's a pointless thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, damn, that fucking sucked. But dirt, but you're, yeah. After that, we see Rhaenyra and Kristen Cole see the white stag. Yeah. And that's kind of like a prophecy thing where it's like, oh, look, like, you know, he was supposed to get, the king was supposed to get the white stag for his son Aegon, but instead she saw it. Which yeah. is kind of like nature being like, ooh, maybe you're better to rule. Yeah. So then they get on back home, or they get back to the, um, sorry, they get back to the king's hunting party, they go home, and basically, if I remember right, what's left is that they mention that uh, Viserys is like, okay, I've tried enough suitors, try who you want. Do who you want. Like, we're gonna have you try. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, an agreement he comes with her, where it's like, it's your royal duty, you have to get married, but you, you can choose who you want, and... Yeah. Uh, and then he's also like, hey, Damon's losing against the crab feeder, it seems like. So, oh, yeah, this has been a, this happens yeah. at the start of the episode. Yeah, we see a brief brings it up. conflict there of, 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 like, just the destruction that's been happening in the fights with the crab feeder. It's fucked. But then, like, yeah. after we see this brutal fighting, like... Viserys is like planning the tournament, the, the yeah. hunting party. They're like, yeah. "Yo, this stepsode shit's going badly." And he's like, "Well, Damon never asked me to do it." So, yeah. so eventually, he's just like, uh, "It'd be best for the realm if I send Damon uh, back up." So he can't have the stepstones yeah. fall. So he sends a letter to Damon that he'll give him back up, and Damon is so pissed off. That he does a fucking Hail Mary uh, battle to defeat the Crab Feeder. uh, In which he pretends to be surrendering. 
uses that fake surrender to just do like just go Leroy Jenkins on a bu- on a like bunch of, of people because he was he was yeah and he's doing it to just lure everybody out of the caves yeah because they mentioned it's like I mean we have dragons but like if they flee to the caves we can't do shit yeah so it's it's very much like kind of like a Vietnam situation mm-hmm. where it's like we have the superior weaponry or whatever but it doesn't mean shit for this yeah. scenario and so but yeah so they uh. So he lures them all out. His army attacks. The dragons attack. He runs into the cave after the crab feeder. Cuts the crab feeder in half. Fucking cuts it right down the belly. Yeah, and has one. Crab feeder gets zero lines, but is the most visually striking character yet. Yeah, they really went into a lot of effort for that guy. He's got fucking like this yeah. this bronze mask on. He's yeah. like covered in grayscale. Yeah. He's like real fucking spooky looking guy. There's a scene where like he's slowly setting out guys against Damon because he's like he's looking in the sky for a dragon, and he keeps looking in the sky as he's sending it over. Because you know Craxes is big and red, like you can yeah. see that fucker coming from a mile away. Mm-hmm. But instead, Lanor's dragon. We see that for the first time. Yeah. Sea smoke comes from the clouds and attacks. Yeah, and it's mentioned in the book that like. And I think we can see it there in the show that sea smoke is colored like gray and like yeah. kind of hard to see in like fog. Yeah. So because of that, Lanor was able to get in and like start attacking before they flee to the caves again. Mm. But you know, it's this cool big fight, like you were mentioning. Not the thing the budget would have for like early yeah. Game of Thrones. Cool, fun, fun fight though. Like, yeah. you know, Corliss has a big old battle axe and he's swinging it. Fun stuff happening. And again, yeah, Damon wins the. Wins the battle out of and wins the war more or less because of pettiness. And, yeah, because <laughs> he'd rather die than get his brother's help. And by winning that battle, he finally earns the right to uh, to not wear that horrible wig and just have Matt Smith's <laughs> normal hair, only dyed blonde. Exactly, because yeah. then that that's the last shot of uh, episode three, third of his second of his name, Aegon. Yeah. Boom! That's where episode three ends. Gets last shot. Yeah. And episode four is... Uh, to be clear, it ends on him winning. It does not yeah. end on him getting that haircut. <laughs> snip, 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 snip. <laughs> but uh, props to the CG department for those fucking crabs. Yeah. Brutal, visceral stuff. Yeah. But um, now we're on episode four, Kingdom of the Narrow Sea. Yeah. Where it's been a few... It's been, I think, about two more years. Uh, they say or, sorry, one no. year. Yeah, one year. And so yeah, it's been one year. So right now it's so. So the show has elapsed over four years so far. About that, yeah. Because yeah. Rhaenyra was like fourteen ish in the first episode, and now she's yeah. like eighteen. Yeah. So, yeah, King of the Narrow Sea is the name of the fourth one, and this episode focuses more on uh, Daenerys. <laughs> I keep going with Daenerys because. There is definitely parallels between Rhaenyra and Daenerys. Oh, you don't say. You, you, you don't say the show that starts with reminding us how long until Daenerys Targaryen shows up. About the Targaryens. About a young woman who wants to be queen who's a Targaryen. You're not. You're telling me that has a lot to do... Completely who also related. is in a, uh inappropriate relationship as the... Uh, between, what's the gender neutral term for, for nephew for like niece and uncle slash aunt, 
Is there a gender neutral version? An aunt or nephew? Like, is there a gender neutral version of aunt and uncle? I don't think so. Not that or I know nephew of. nephew and niece. What the fuck does... There's gotta be one. I don't... I don't think so. I don't think we've... I don't think... We're there. I don't think it's gone that far. <laughs> I'm going to look this up. You keep talking about stuff. I'm going to figure this out. Okay. All right. Well, Bear comes, looks, uh, does, does her research into that. Um, yeah, King of the Narrow Sea, it's starting with a fucking metal scene where Rhaenyra is seeing all of these potential suitors. Because, you know, Viserys said, choose who you want. We'll make this work. And we get the vi- a video game reference. Yeah. First, it's fucking, uh... A Dundarian who's like six, at least sixty something, and he's like, "Your great grandmother was quite fetching," <laughs> and he's and she's like, "You knew my great grandmother," <laughs> like not a good sign. But he's way too old to leave. She passes him up, and then the next kid comes in is a Blackwood. Now I know the Blackwoods are more of a thing in I think it's Duncan Egg, is when they become like they're more in that one. But the Blackwoods were like a house that they're in the Riverlands, but they worship the northern gods. They have like first men blood and stuff. They're more like nor, uh, you know, more northern kind of stuff. But it's a it's a Blackwoods kid who's like what do you think like twelve? <laughs> yeah. He, and he's like, "Hi, princess. The Blackwoods are an ancient house and will be great." And she's like, "Huh, okay." And this Bracken guy is like kind of shitting on him on the side and. He's like, wow, what a little twerp, ha ha ha. So Rhaenyra passes up the Blackwood kid, and the Blackwood kid starts fucking fighting the Bracken and cuts his innards open <laughs> as Rhaenyra leaves from this. So she gets back to King's Landing. She leaves early, which Viserys is not happy about. And on the way to King's Landing, she uh, Damon on Caraxes rocks the boat, like literally and figuratively, on his way back to King's Landing. So they both get there at the same time. They all get to the, the throne room in King's Landing. is there. And then Damon comes in and it's like kind of tense. Because he's got a crown now. And, you know, Viserys. So before we keep going, what's up? Do, is there a word? Uh, there are options that, they, that people have been trying out. They're all horrible. Can I go through them? Oh, God. <laughs> Uncle? Pibbling. As in... Parental sibling. Uh, the the ones in other languages are actually good. I actually like uh, like TT and ZZ after you know like uh, Zia and Zio in Italian or Tia and Tio. I, I like those. Mm-hmm. Uh, those don't really translate over to English. There's Nini and BB for the non-binary for, for to do non-binary, but like that implies non-binary instead. Just I don't know. I don't. I think gender neutral and non-binary are two different things. Uh, it's a complex thing, but like, uh, uh, then there's uncle. I said that as a joke! <laughs> yeah. I and said that as a joke! <laughs> then auntie, <laughs> which just. Uh, oh god! <laughs> no! Auntie? Auntie. This would be a very different discussion <laughs> if we were not on the left side of the perspective. Yeah. I can definitely see this Joe Rogan like, oh, oh, oh how stupid. Then there's... This stuff in, but that, that's just Then bad. for nephew and niece, oh, the options God. are... Nephew? Niefling. Niefling? 
Chibling. Chibling. And Sibkid. <laughs> Sibkid. Yeah. Christ. Uh, I would like to it remind just... everyone at this point, as we are mocking these, I am a trans woman. Uh, so, you know, I we, we've got a little more leeway. We've got a little leeway here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're covered. <laughs> no, but that's just bad. There just needs to be a whole different word. You can't just combine the two together in English. It's not working. Pibbling. Pibbling. <laughs> Auntie. Auntie. I think Auntie sounds so horrible. It's Auntie so... sounds like a slur. It does, in fact. That fucking Auntie. <laughs> God. Auntie is what you call someone who detransitioned from being a trans man. An Auntie? Auntie. Oh, Auntie. <laughs> ah, I got him! <laughs> Alright, so... <laughs> so Damon's coming back to King's Landing, and he's causing a ruckus. He comes in, he's got his driftwood crown. An interesting thing I've noticed... Have you noticed, Viserys has not sat the Iron Throne since he's been cut up by it. Hmm. He'll be next to the Iron Throne. He'll be standing in front of, of it, it. But he's not on it. Yeah. Which I think is... Uh, there's like a book thing about... You know, being cut on the Iron Throne is like yeah. some metaphor of it rejecting you as if you're not a good leader. Yeah. So not a good sign. <laughs> but so no one can be both clumsy and uh, go- and make good sound decisions. Exactly. But you know, it's kind of a tense moment and Damon comes over and he's like, yo, here's the crab feeder's hammer, add it to the others on the throne. And Damon kneels, takes, gives his crown to Viserys, Everything seems good. Everything's working out. Yay! Yeah. Reunion. He then immediately tries to fuck his niece. Instantly. It's like they have like this little which talk in me, the garden. But yeah, which reminds mm-hmm. me of why I was making the comparison. Because to parallel Game of Thrones, uh-huh. the endgame relationship in Game of Thrones... Is aunties? Is... <laughs> Is nephew aunt, and here we've got a pairing that of niece uncle. Yeah, which we're supposed which we're supposed to see is gross here, but we're supposed to see is sexy in Game of Thrones. I mean, I get they're the same age in Game of Thrones. I that helps. (laughs) Still bad. Yeah, (laughs) but I mean, it's like. Damon, I think, is only a few years younger than Viserys. Yeah. Like, he's the younger brother, but not by that much. Yeah. So I think it is, uh, it's like, oh, no. There's a, there's, because of the power dynamic. There's a, there's a power dynamic here. But, um. But, yeah, so Pretty immediately. He sneaks her out for a night on the town. It's a fun little thing. There's, like, a a woman with no eyes who's like, would you like to know your fate? Yeah. (laughs) And there's, like, cuts of, like, like, these dragon heads breathing fire and violence and people with, like, fire magic, which kind of leads me to, like... The fire stuff is cool, because it's the only time you can see what's going on. <laughs> yeah, fire, light. It's a whole thing where it's like, oh, yeah, this is a world with dragons. There's a whole thing in Game of Thrones about, you know, all the dragons are dead, the magic isn't around anymore. Yeah. I could believe that some of the stuff that's going on in, like, Flea Bottom is real magic. Because, okay. the you know, the magic levels are higher because the dragons are alive. 
So all this stuff's going on, and they go to a play. <laughs> yeah. Which is quite uh, funny. Yeah, it's like, which... Thespian you are. <laughs> so it's, it's something that happened... I We saw briefly in the show, in the Game of Thrones show, but something that was actually a recurring thing, a uh, recurring thing within the uh, books, mm-hmm. was we briefly get talk in passing of how the theater community was responding to the current events. <laughs> the, <laughs> the most powerful house in Westeros. Theater kids. <laughs> I am John Theater. But hey, George R. R. Martin was smart enough to let it, like, to end most of those little, little segues into what are theater kids doing right now by having whoever's in power kill them <laughs> for their dumb plays. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so that was a recurring thing in the books of just, you know, like, oh, sir, word just got to Cersei that there's a new play going around where a, uh, where a... A lion keeps hitting a wolf on the head with a mallet, and it's it's re- it's really avant garde. It's new wave <laughs> stuff. It's using the the famous symbols and iconography <laughs> of of the houses to, st- to say a political message. So she hangs them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, more or less. Yes, uh, and you know we had stuff like that all throughout uh, Game of Thrones as a recurring thing of just. And that was kind of a, a shorthand way George R. R. Martin would use to, uh, uh, by talking about like trials of sedition. Uh, it was a shorthand way that he would uh, let us know, oh, this is how the common folk are responding to this. Yeah, like this is what they as we know, popularly doing. The voice of the people <laughs> are the voice, theater kids. The voice of your average blue-collar Joes. <laughs> Of them going down to the local community theater and yeah. getting the truth. Yeah. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. This production of Pippin, the man wants to shut it down. <laughs> I say we let it go. Come on, boys. <laughs> let it go. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> Big fucking six foot five construction guys. You. Listen. They're trying to shut us down. They they don't want to know that there are giants in the sky, but there are big, tall, terrible giants in the sky, man, and we're just trying to get the truth out there. They need the hair as yellow as corn because, because the agriculture industry has been kneecapped by the current establishment, man. The cape is red as blood. That's the blood of apartheid. I think the conspiracy... Reagan, let it go on. I think the conspiracy theory circle... Yeah. And and the theater kids the, 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 the people who make and watch and enjoy plays immensely circle, it's a pair of glasses. <laughs> they do not touch. <laughs> like, there is a distinct line between the circles. <laughs> they are very not touching. So So yeah, uh Daener- uh Rhaenyra sneaks out. Yeah, and she, she sees, sees a play that's just about like uh, who's gonna rule? Yes, yeah, make it's making fun of the three the who the common people are seeing as the three most likely uh, uh, candidates. Yeah, you got Aegon the second, uh, Damon, and Rhaenyra. 
Yeah, and... And they all go, boo, and they all seem to like Aegon. Yeah, they all, like... Rhaenyra learns that, oh, everyone hates the idea of her ruling. Yeah, they're like, oh, a woman, no way! Yeah. So she's Butter like... Butter scrolls! <laughs> so she's like, oh, God. So then they, uh... Yeah, her and her uncle just go into a brothel all nonchalantly, you know? No, yeah, he brings there. her into a brothel and he lets her watch a bunch of gay sex and he's like, oh, God, no, this is going to sound like a groomer thing. Oh, well, it is a groomer thing, <laughs> but it's going to make it sound like gay is a groomer thing. I don't, ah. Uh, I don't think that's what the show's trying to say, but it does, no, uh, it's, it is it's, adjacent. It's showing, like, yeah. just men, women, with men and women, yeah. getting it on all together in this big brothel. And uh, Rhaenyra and Damon, they're like... But yeah, he's just like, oh, you can have whatever you desire here. Then he starts making out with his niece. With his niece, and then they get real, they get more into it, and they get real close to the, the P and the V, and then he uh, can't get it up, and he goes, oh, and he's sexually frustrated, he leaves. Yeah. And Rhaenyra goes after him, and goes, Damon, and she tries to find him, and while this, uh, this little kid... This like uh, this little spy kid sees them leave. The this spy little... kid, if you would, the spy kid who rides that who rides that Rip wave. that wave, Junie. <laughs> yes. So uh, yeah, that's going on. Yeah. So uh... she sees them leave, and then afterwards, there's a really funny shot where Kristen Cole is guarding Rhaenyra's door to her room. Mm-hmm. And he sees Rhaenyra go into the room and go, bye, you know, good night, Kristen. And he goes, yep, princess, great. So he's standing by the door, and he sees Rhaenyra walk back up to him and go through the door. Yeah. And he's like, wait, what? So then he follows her in, and she steals his helmet, and they got a little bit of thing going on. And then... Yeah, it's the same, uh, it's the same dynamic as when, like, you know, when, like, in high school, when, like, the younger girls in your grade would steal, like, the hat of, like, an upperclassman and, like, play with it and, like, not give it back to him. Uh, yeah, that's essentially what it it's is. It's like that, I mean, for me, definitively less creepy than the Damon stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, at that time, it's like she's the one initiating it. Yeah. Like, she's the one who's doing that. Just say, has hey. anyone ever told George R. Martin a uh, problematic age gap? Uh. <laughs> God, that poor fuck with that with that non five year gap. <laughs> that poor bastard. <laughs> but um, so that's she, you know she and Damon, or um, what's that? Oh yeah, she and Kristen Cole. They bang, and there's like a moment where Kristen Cole was like, "Oh no, we shouldn't do this." Like my white cloak, I'm a knight of the Kingsguard, and she goes. You know, let's forget that for the night. So they have a, a beautiful lovemaking. Intercut with the joyless lovemaking. <laughs> with the joyless missionary. Of, of her... Of her... Former bestie and her dad. Yeah. With Allison and Viserys. There's a little moment where uh, Viserys is in the bath. And, you know, Allison comes up to him and... He's like, oh, my fingers, you know, they're hurting. My fingies. My fingies, because he's missing two fingers at this point still. It's not getting better. And, um, yeah, they, it's, oh, it's so, like, because Allison is just fucking, like, just staring at the yeah. ceiling. And, like, how unintuitive she is. Let's just say, we know where he didn't lose those two fingers. 
Exactly. <laughs> at the same time, like, you can see, the, like, the, the sores on his back. Yeah. It's, like, it's definitely a big contrast. And I think that is, yeah. that's part of the reason why Allison and Rainier's relationship yeah. is being so separated. How old is Allison in this? Like, Allison was, like, a few years Older than Rhaenyra, I believe, right? I think she's early 20s by this point. Okay, so... Like, 21-ish. Yeah, I think the actresses are the same age, about... I think but so, like, yeah. But Rhaenyra look, Rhaenyra's yeah. actress looks younger. Yeah. But, um, yeah, at this point, I think Allison is, like, early 20s, max. Yeah. But, um, during that... But this is that contrast. And then the next... Basically, the kid sends this information to the White Worm, which is the... The high class prostitute lady Damon had, yeah, and she's like now more of a like a secret a spy master kind of person. Yeah, she's now like the the, the Varys. I was gonna say Littlefinger because she's got the prostitution angle, mm-hmm. okay. but I don't know. Littlefinger and Varys were pretty much like the same thing, except like dueling, mm-hmm. uh, like a Magneto Professor X kind of thing. <laughs> so oh, yeah. okay, so the um. So she gets the information to the kid, and the kid basically gives the information to Otto Hightower, the yeah. hand. And it's like, hey, you should know about this. Rainier and Damon, they were yeah. doing this. So I want to bring up that before this episode, how much did you feel like, oh, Otto was just a complete villain? Because he really was strong. Like, for me, he had strong villain energy about that, will you see the king tonight? <laughs> Yeah. Kind of stuff. I, I don't think... I don't know. Otto didn't read as, like, a, a villainous character to me. He read in the same way that, I don't know, Lady Elena read to me, mm-hmm. where he's a very opportunistic character. Yeah, but he's not, like, cruel. Like, he's not actively going yeah. to do something to someone. Mm-hmm. So I think in this episode, I think this is significantly the most sympathetic you are for Otto Hightower. Because he's right, but he's... Yeah, exactly. Because he gets the information from the kid. And you see the... I love this little moment where he's like trying to... He's preparing to say it to Viserys. And he's like, okay. Because I think this guy has never said any of... I don't think this guy has ever sexed in his entire life. He doesn't even know what the words are. So he goes up to Viserys and he's trying to say it. And he's like, I saw... I saw Rhaenyra and Damon and they were... I, I saw Principal Skinner and Mrs. Crabapple in the closet <laughs> making babies, and the baby looked at me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, they, it, it like they were, and the funniest thing is uh, Viserys' fit, his outfit going into this, I said, looked like a medieval version of a sweatshirt and earbuds. <laughs> it did, in fact. It was really funny. But Viserys is like, Otto, what are you doing? You know, spit it out to me. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I, you know, this, the spy kid <laughs> told me that Rhaenyra... That it's game over, man. That it's game over, man. That Rhaenyra and Damon were seen coupling in a, in a, in a prostitute place. Yeah. And then basically Viserys is like completely denying it. He's like, no, like, these are vile accusations. I'll have their eyes for this. How yeah. dare, you know, how dare this... And Allison overhears it. So then there's a next scene where Allison meets Rhaenyra in the garden. She's like, hey, (laughs) hey, sis. (laughs) Um, Did you fuck Damon? And then she was like, oh, no. She's like, I know you Targaryens have queer customs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
And then it was like, oh, and then, you know, Rhaenyra's like, no, I definitely did not sleep with Daemon Targaryen. He never... Yeah, she she lies because she was definitely gonna sleep with Daemon Targaryen. But she doesn't want to say that her and Christian Cole were the ones that actually did it. Yeah. So she keeps that secret because Allison is, you know, Allison is diff, like, you know, the custom is her armor situation where she's like, yeah. I've done everything right. I've, yeah. you know, I've, I've had loving marital sex with the king. I've borne his children. I follow all the rules. Yeah. So she's like, she's just really frustrated. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I think she kind of knows that Rhaenyra is lying to her. Yeah. At that moment. But, but then, uh, yeah. that's a moment they shared. You can really feel their, like, friendship is breaking. Mm-hmm. And after this moment happens, we get uh, Viserys basically pissed at Damon. Yeah, Viserys just kicks the shit out of drunk, uh, out of hungover Damon. I love the fucking visual of just hungover Damon, just like just yeah. passed out, like barely awake in the throne room. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a fun shot. Yeah, and he's just getting the shit kicked out of him, and meanwhile propositioning that. Viserys marry, marry Rhaenyra to him, yeah. Because he's like, because interesting enough, Viserys or uh, Damon says basically, "Oh, I slept with her. Like I yeah. did it, and we know he didn't." Yeah. But I think for him, it's like, "Oh, this is politically advantage, like a political advantage." Yeah. If he thinks that she, oh she's had sex before, he may more easily marry her to me, and that'll be great because I want to marry Rhaenyra, yeah. right? So then instead, basically, Viserys is like, fuck you, go to the Vale, be with your wife. Yeah. For the second time, Damon has been banished. How long will it last? <laughs> yeah, go be a wife guy for some time. <laughs> yeah. Go go be over there. So it sends Damon off, yeah. and then there's a, a scene where Rhaenyra is just reading it that night, and the, the Grand Maester comes in with a special tea. <laughs> yep, it's uh. Which the moon tea had bit. Uh, it's moon tea. Like they don't name it moon tea, and I don't know if they ever named it in the original show moon tea. But like yeah, in the books, it's, the books yeah, it's, it's moon tea. Plan B is essentially a tea you can take called moon mm-hmm. tea, which does mean that birth control is more <laughs> available to Westeros than it is in many U.S. states. Yeah, let's go! Yay! Love it. God. But it's really, um, but basically it's it's kind of like, it's spooky because like, Renee's like, what is that for? And he's like, for unintended consequences. God did. So even though like Viserys publicly is like, oh, she hasn't slept with anybody, it's like, he knows. Yeah. <laughs> and he sent this person to do it. Here's the thing that was that, because I, I just finished my Storm of Swords reread yeah. involving, and you know, I got to the part. Yeah. Spoilers for the spoilers for the end of a Storm of Swords, where Lysa Aaron reveals that, like, you know, oh, that she had Littlefinger's baby, Hoster yeah. Telly forced her to drink the moon tea, yeah. and that aborted the baby, and it also messed with her internal part, like it with yeah. her like ovaries and such. To Which the point is why where, she babies. Robin Aaron so, so much because he was like the only one that came after after so yeah. many like miscarriages and it's like oh Jesus so it's like I mean Moonty works I guess but like yeah. it can if you don't I guess if you don't make it right you can really fuck you up so that was a uh, yeah I was like oh dang but the last shot we see is just Renera looking at the Moonty and then boom cut 
Which, you know, both kind of... Probably for the best, still, because she did have sex. So she probably would unprotected sex, because mm-hmm. I don't think he went out and got a goat skin. Uh, but, uh, One second, and fucking naked Kristen Cole is running yeah. through the red keep, fucking butt cheeks slapping. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I'm, damn it, I'm trying to get my goat skin condom to sleep with the princess, but I'm dummy thick, and the clap of my ass cheeks is alerting the Targaryens. Yeah. But, yeah, so she... So... So yeah, she she does probably need that. So it is, I don't know. It's bad that her dad no longer trusts her, but also it's probably she she, she probably should she should probably definitely take that. Yeah, don't uh, unintended consequences. Yeah, but uh, that is where episode four leaves us. So I'm interested in where do you think this is going? Um, We're four episodes in. We have we have some some seeds about okay Rhaenyra and Alicent their relationship is starting to become frayed. There's some competitiveness. Frayed. <laughs> I don't think the phrase make a single appearance in this whole story. <laughs> uh, I'm dead serious. In, I do not remember them appearing. In once. any of the Fire and Blood, do they make appearances? I think they show up in Fire and Blood at some point. I don't think they're in this story. Maybe they show up once, but I don't. If they are, I don't remember it. Just imagine one of her suitors is young Walder. <laughs> Comely Walder. Oh my god. But um so far like we have some we have some seeds about okay. Hot Walder Frey! God, <laughs> just imagining it. Did you know there's a there's a kid Walder Frey in Duck and Egg books? Wait, they really they do have like young Walder in there? Yes. There's like a five year old. Is it like young kid. Sheldon? <laughs> there's like a five year old kid yeah. in I in one of the Duncan Egg novellas. And that's Walter Frey as a little kid. I'm just saying, that should be the next spin-off. Young Walter, just... Young Walter. Just How do you get, get all those kids? Get David Bradley back to, like, do the narration. <laughs> while a young Walter Frey just, like... He's just, like, learning life lessons. <laughs> On my third wife, I realized I truly had found my soul. Oh, young Walter's still, like, a 40-year-old guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Young Walter. <laughs> young, sexy, 50-year-old Walter. How I met your mother. No, wait, your your brother's mother, not your mother. Uh, mother. How I met brother. your how I met my eighth wife, <laughs> who may be your half mother. I don't remember. God. But, um, so so far we have Neil Patrick Harris plays one of his close friends. Just <laughs> no, no, oh my god. No, oh my god, it's not How I Met Your Mother, it's Which One Is Your Mother. <laughs> Which one is your mother? <laughs> oh god. So, okay, so... You were supposed to marry my daughter! Uh, then... Yeah, that's me. You probably want to know how I got to this place. It all started when I was the ripe yay old, the ripe youngin of forty five. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. It's just Walder. No, Walder rock, walking down the street as like a younger guy. He's got a full head of hair and just. Sometimes I feel I want to bum bum get away. <laughs> He's got like a pair of sunglasses on. He's like slicking his hair back. 
damn it. All right, so. Some hot ladies pass him in the street. He, like, does one of these, like, Little finger gestures. I later realized that was my eighth and ninth wife. <laughs> God. Okay, so. Where do you theorize? Where do you think some things are going to be going from here? Okay. We know there's going to be some time jumps. There's going to be a 10-year time jump. Yeah. And some things afterwards. Okay, so. I think that what's going to happen is there's a car in the basement. <gasps> Grisha turned himself into a car. <laughs> I turned myself into a car, Rhaenyra. I'm Car Viserys. Okay. Okay, so... Oh my god. Oh my god, he's slowly putting little bits of himself to become the car. So I don't think that... I don't think Viserys uh, lives through the season. I think he's the big death this season. Okay. Uh, I think... I think that Damon is going to... I think next episode we're going to actually get to see the veil right now. We're going to meet Damon's wife. Uh, and I think we're going to see some Damon shenanigans. Uh, some Damonians, if you would. Um, I think that Rhaenyra is going to pick her husband by season's end. Uh mm-hmm. Possibly even be married to her husband by season's end. Well, um, I know now he's she's being married to Sir Lainor. Well, that's currently where it stands. I don't think that's going to go through. I think that'd be too clean for what I know currently. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be... I don't think she drinks the moon tea. I think Ooh. she has Sir Sexy's child. <laughs> Ooh. And I think that means that they have to take a disadvantage, disadvantageous marriage to a nothing house because Blackwood baby, <laughs> Blackwood kid all the time. It's all black. I do one. want the Blackwood kid to have like a more prominent role. I did love that he won that fight <laughs> against the guy that was double his height because he had the sword. Yeah, he just had a bigger sword. Just yeah. I yeah. think the black, the black. Listen, the Blackwood kid could easily be the new, uh, the new, uh, fuck, uh, what's, fuck, what's the uh, the new Lady Mormont? Oh yeah, the uh, little, little kid Mormont. Yeah, let's get it, like, which you know. Because that was the best part about that show. We should really bring in later Game of Thrones season elements. Lady Mormont was not the problem with the show, and Bella Ramsey's gonna be an amazing Ellie on the Last of Us TV show. It'll be nice. It'll be nice. Yeah. So. Uh, which, it is weird that they went with Bella Ramsey, because I felt like Daphne Keene really was supposed to get that role, but I guess she's already uh, the star, uh, you know, Daphne Keene was the, was X-23 in Logan. Uh, the uh, final time we saw Wolverine, obviously. Uh, forever, but, forever and ever. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, not coming back for any cheap Ryan Reynolds sequel. Uh, but, um, then, but yeah, but then I guess, because she's currently the lead on the Golden Compass TV show. That, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, okay. it, they probably couldn't cast her, so instead we got Lady Mormont as Ellie. Which, Ooh. yeah, it's... That'll be nice. I don't know. I'm excited because The Last of Us games were too scary for me to play through, but I do want to experience the story. It'll be them does lead me to wonder: will they, will they keep going to the second game? I don't know if there's any plans about that. 
Because yeah. I can definitely see, you know, Last of Us one season for the first game. Yeah. I do wonder if they will do a season two for part two. But then if you do a season two, I mean, the third game isn't out yet. Like, you'd have to stop there. Yeah. You know? Uh, like, yeah, I think that... I think after they cover the first uh, game story, it's probably going to diverge from there. And I think... Uh, I think it's, that's probably for the best. I don't know. I think... Because, like... I don't know. Pedro Pascal deserves to not just, like... Spoilers for Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> Pedro Pascal deserves to not get Ned Stark, Okay. That's how we tie it back into Game of Thrones. I made the loop. We're Ooh, back. We did it. Okay. So I think in my end, I am very, I'm very glad that the show has been doing as well as it has. Yeah. Because that means season two, baby. I am nearly certain because I don't think we're gonna get any more Starkiness until maybe at the very end of the season, just as a ooh thing. Do the Starks play into this story? They become a major part by the climax of okay. the story. But what I'm wondering is, because they are not a central element until the climax, are they going to, like he's, like with the, the Lannister twins, yeah. introduce them fairly soon, may, probably in season two, and like keep tabs of them before they yeah. become plot relevant? Yeah, we've got Rick on Stark already has yeah, shown Yeah, we know he exists. Yeah. He's like, hey, he's there. Yeah, they, which they did with a clever editing thing during the first episode, which I'll get back to, is that... While they're talking about the long night incoming, it, that's mm-hmm. when it cuts to the to the lord to the king. Uh, well, not king anymore, but the lord mm-hmm. of the north. Uh, yeah. Rickon Stark. <laughs> yep. Yeah, bless you. Mm-hmm. And I want to bring as a last thing before we close out this episode. Yeah. I want to talk about my weird meta fan theory. Okay. About this. So, House of the Dragon has been in pre-production for years now. Mm-hmm. Years before Game of Thrones ended. Yeah. This is a few years before Game of Thrones ended. <clears throat> you know, there, I don't think we talk much about, oh, there is this Song of Ice and Fire prophecy that the show yeah. has been talking about. Yeah, we briefly mentioned it, and then you said we were going to loop back around to it, and we haven't yet. So yes. let's loop. Yeah, so that... It's very interesting that what has been more of a fan theory has now become canon. Because reading uh, Fire and Blood, there is this thing about, oh, one day it seemed like Aegon, de- Aegon just decided to invade Westeros. Yeah. But it doesn't give you why. Which kind of, like, this show is filling in those blanks yeah. about, like, where things are kind of sketchy and iffy. Mm-hmm. But, um, what interesting, the meta thing about that is, does the prophecy matter? Yeah. <laughs> in terms of the main show? Yeah, because, like, it's... The... We know the climax to that prophecy plotline... Is Arya going, yeah! yeah and well, stabbing the Night King. It's in a different show, so why does it matter to this show at all? Well, that was the thing. But what I'm wondering about is a little weird meta thing. Also, why would they keep it a secret? That's my thing. That's the, there's multiple reasons why I'm like, you... Pr- okay, I think I know where this is going. I think I know what they're doing with this overarching. This is not spoilers for them... For, this story, the house, you know, yeah. the Dance of the Dragons. But I think what the the big message thing is that during the course of this Dance of the Dragons story, this prophecy is going to be lost. Okay. They will no longer, like, whoever becomes king, whatever, queen, by the end of the well, show, onwards. Oh, no, that will... means Rhaenyra's gonna die. No, 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 what I'm saying is that, like, 
she might moving get bumped on. in the head. Like, moving on from, like, stories, yeah. things. Because yeah. the only proof of this is a knife. Well, of course Rhaenyra... Rhaenyra's gonna die at some point. It's 170 years. Yeah, but before she has a proper heir. So, like, she's gonna have a, a bad ending on the show. Well, no, what I mean is that, like, the only... Like evidence of this prophecy, other than like one person spreading it, yeah. is the knife. And mm-hmm. I think the knife is going to be lost sometime after this this conflict happens, mm-hmm. and then way in the future, Rhaegar is the one who finds it, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, I found it in this book, and now this is where the rest of the show happens." Yeah. My re- sorry, getting back to the the weird meta thing, I think about. I think this part of the story was written well before they knew how the show was going to end. Because Daenerys is not on the throne at the time of the Long Night. Exactly. And she's not on the throne that Long Night. And a, the prince that has promised thing doesn't really end up to be anything. It's yeah. just Arya going, yeah! <laughs> Snap. And I think that that is a weird uh, uh, friction now. Yeah. Is that it's not like, oh, like, for one thing, I, I usually just don't like it when prequels bring up prophecy stuff because it's like yeah. kind of cheapening the original where it's like, this was always going to happen or whatever. And again, it doesn't make sense why they're keeping it a secret then. Exactly. Like, you want to quash any rebellions against the throne? Let people know that if you're not on the throne, <laughs> the world will literally end. Exactly. That like, <laughs> way up in the north, the fucking White Walkers are coming. Yeah. Which, like... There's things for that. Because Jaehaerys and his wife, uh, a generation before Viserys, uh, two generations now, the yeah. Blast King and his wife, they went on a pilgrimage up to the north and the wall. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's where they gave the Night's Watch the new gift, which is more land for them. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, during that time, when uh, good Queen Alysanne, the, the queen, tried to fly her dragon north of the wall, yeah. the dragon didn't go. It literally refused to go beyond the wall. So I think that was a little hint from George being like, that's not how the books are going to go. Yeah. But um, that I think that's the weird meta thing about it. Because is, it means they won't get a zombie dragon because... Because they dragon dragon, If dragons won't go... <laughs> then they can't do it. Yeah. But um, no, I'm not going to bring that up in this episode. There, We want to get further in the show for that, but yeah. I think there is a lot of evidence that the work of Fire and Blood, the book, is George trying to uh, come up with, like, a rough draft version of some of the events that Winds of Winter and Dreams of Spring will be Yeah. in a different context. And so with but that But that's mind, not something for later. But meta-wise, I think that the, pro- the Song of Ice and Fire prophecy is a weird little offset thingy yeah. compared to the rest of the sh- of, like, yeah. if you take out Game of Thrones. Yeah, I really wish they hadn't mentioned it. That's the thing. I'm like, it, it, it asks some weird questions now. Yeah. It, that being said, mm-hmm. if you think that the Fire and Blood book is trying to, you know, sh- show that, oh, don't worry, we're not going to go in the same direction as the show, mm-hmm. what's Wildcats doing? <laughs> what's wild cards well we actually you see if you take the first letter of each line of the wild cards book wins a winner's already there <laughs> he's released it already <laughs> it's already there but um but yeah I think that's just a weird thing where it's like then House the Dragon connects better with the current book thing than it does the show 
Because mm. I wonder if, like I said, when they're writing it, they're like, we don't, you know, George, I honestly think that, you know, there were certain things that George told D&D yeah. about the show. I don't think Arya killing the Night King is anything about that. Yeah. From what the interview thinks, that was a pure D&D decision. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if George was like, fuck, this is going to fuck the House of the Dragon thing. Because <laughs> now the prophecy is not going to make any fucking sense. Well, I there's a world where I could imagine D and D in like a, in like you know one of those gimmick episodes from the early two thousand style, mm-hmm. having people text in to vote. <laughs> Who, Who kills they... the night king? Yes. <laughs> Hodor, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Your options are Arya, Cersei, <laughs> Cersei. <laughs> Uh, Patrick Payne. <laughs> Patrick. Or Hot Pie. Hot Pie. Like, John and Daenerys aren't <laughs> even options on the list. That's what it felt like. Yeah. It's, it is interesting. It's a weird, it is a weird thing to have a prequel show that is tying back into parts of the original that people did not like. Yeah. Is what I'll say about mm-hmm. that. But I think that is a weird circumstance of the, pre- the pre-production yeah. happening for so long. Yeah. Is people turned on the show... But their version of it is from the old thing. So I really hope it it's not really that important, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. I really don't want it to be like season two, it's like, this is what it's all about. It's like, yeah. no, you you like, you know, you bet the house on two on like a pair of two cards. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like I don't I really don't want them to do it. So sorry, that was a weird tan that was a weird tangent thing, but like Can I ask you one right. question before we close the episode? Yes. So, at some point while you were watching the show, you sent me a emoji of a guy with uh, bloodshot eyes pointing a gun at me, telling me, watch the show, it's not a choice anymore. <laughs> what episode was that after? It was the end of episode five. <laughs> it, it, it is? Okay. That, that was the one where I'm like, ooh, things are heating up. That was when you threatened me with an emoji gun to watch the show. That was when things were like, ooh, look at that. All right. So that's about it. So we've gone for for way too long, but I am a big fan of this series, and I think you've been enjoying it well enough so far. Yeah, I've been enjoying it. um, I think this is great stuff. So uh, we're going to take a week to do another show, or or sorry, another movie thing. And then the week afterwards, we'll be back for House of the Dragon episodes five, or yeah, five, six, and seven. Yeah. Then a couple weeks after that, eight, nine, and ten. Yeah, we hope you're enjoying this. See you later, folks. (laughs)